it's nice to meet you on here. I'm Leah. I'm really pleased to be joining you both and to hear your perspectives about all of this. And um, I thought I would introduce myself and like what I do and why I would like to join this podcast. So I have been a practicing Western astrologer since 2005. I started studying in 2002. My mentor had MS actually. And she needed help cleaning her house because she was wheelchair bound. And she said if I helped clean her house, she would teach me everything she knew and would teach me lessons. So that's how I got into astrology was my mom was really into it. Wow. And she took me to be an astrologer. And she had all these cool stones of these planets. So I got into it kind of that way. And then um, so in addition to astrology, you know, I've been a cannabis farmer for about 10 years now. I grow cannabis. I make cannabis bath salts. I make um, topicals and oils to get people out of chronic pain. I try to really focus on people that have chronic illnesses that are in pain every day that need to really accomplish it because the opiate epidemic is horrible and too many people are dying. And yes, medications are important, but we need to have other options and we need to destigmatize marijuana and cannabis. And I have been rated actually for growing five plants for a cancer patient. So I was growing in a time when it wasn't legal. But then I did get my medical card and I have had my permit and I have not been doing it, you know, illegally for a long time now. That was just like- That's how you that, started. That's how I started out and I was still learning. It was a long time ago. Yeah. And um, so I'm really passionate about cannabis. I'm really passionate about helping people in pain get out of pain. And I'm really passionate about helping people get clean off of um, pain pills because there's a time and a place for pain pills, but they're really dangerous. And they've led to a lot of people passing on and graduating to even harder drugs. So something I'm really passionate about is um, being compassionate towards people with chronic health issues so that their invisible illness is not invisible and that they can have an advocate in cannabis. I love that so much. I really do. I think that's so noble and so compassionate and, and it it's we're we see a lot of people who are, you know, advocates for personal use, right? Like, of course, right. I'm an advocate for personal use, you know, is that right, right, right. But there are mavericks in, in the community who are really, really passionate about serving people who are, you know, on harder drugs for chronic pain and like they know they don't want to get addicted to opiates, but they don't have any other idea right. how to deal or manage. And I, and I do donate a lot of my medicine to like sex workers that are trying to get out of the industry. Like I'm passionate and some runaway kids that are, have horrible pain conditions from their trauma. And like, I do, I do donate some of my harvest to cancer patients and I make Rick Simpson oil. And I do believe in donating it because I don't believe greed should be attached to the sacred cannabis plant. I, I love that so much. That's how I am, but there's a lot of sexuality in the cannabis industry now. They want to turn it into Budweiser. They want to turn it into sex because sex sells. But when a cancer patient goes to a dispensary, I don't think they want to be looking at somebody topless when they aren't feeling attractive. Yeah. After they've lost their hair and they've been puking in a toilet bowl and they want to get their medicine. And I don't think it's fair to tax them 45% and charge them $800 ounces and $500 ounces when they're sick and fighting for their lives. So I am really passionate about continuing to be kind of a Robin Hood cannabis grower. I don't do it to get rich. I do it to get out of pain and to help people get out of pain. 
and because I love it. I just love gardening and that's kind of something I'm really passionate about. And then the other thing I really do is I read tarot cards, traditional tarot cards and um, Russian gypsy, Romani style tarot readings where you use like the whole entire deck. Um, it's a different kind of style of tarot and sometimes I use playing cards, but you know, like I started studying tarot in 2003, 2004. And I just studied for several years and gave people free readings. And then when I graduated high school, I started working in and out of shops. The last, like, what, 12, 13 years on and off. You know, I just kind of worked in and out of stores and collaborated with different people and met different mentors along the way. And really, at this point, what I do is I uh, work as a psychic. I do tarot, astrology, and mediumship. And that's just what my area is. And then as a magical practitioner, I'm really more of a hoodoo folk magic kind of based practice. I wouldn't necessarily call myself a pagan. I could learn a lot more about that and about the traditional style. I think it's beautiful. I have a lot of respect for it, but I cannot claim to like, you know, be an expert in that area. I think it's really interesting. I've read books about Wicca, but I don't know a whole lot about it just because I've been more focused on um, folk magic and, um, that kind of style, like hoodoo conjure folk magic kind of style leanings is more like where I go. And um, really at this point as a psychic, the psychic work I do, I mostly use like claircognizance, clairvoyance, um, and I do psychometry where I touch objects. And with psychometry, you can touch a person's clothes. You can use that for solving missing persons cases or help solve with like Jane Doe cases and that's kind of been what I've been doing right now is I've been working on three cases. I've been working on a missing child case right now and um, a girl over in Occidental, California who went missing by Bohemian Grove area. She went missing. She went missing after actually right around Day of the Dead last year, November like 2nd, I think. Right around that kind of window period of Scorpio season, she was taken. And there's been a lot of girls who've been trafficked in that area and I'm really very against human trafficking. I'm really passionate about advocating to get people out of that system because for a while I was a tarot card reader in the Pike Place market and there are so many girls trafficked in Seattle. Around that market, there's underground tunnels there. I met those girls. I talked to them. I've had clients who were survivors. So yeah, I mean, I guess my background before I was a reader, I was a domestic violence advocate an agency called New Beginnings because they helped me when I was in trouble. And then I did my training and went full circle and kind of worked triage there for a bit. But really, my background is just, I grew pot, worked at a nonprofit as a DB advocate, and just have done readings privately at home and in and out of stores on and off. And, you know, that's just kind of the gist of what I do. And at this point, I'm really just trying to focus on mediumship and like serving spirit and just helping people that don't have a voice and working on these crimes, on these cold cases, because these people feel hopeless and they're in grief and they've lost so much and mediumship gives them a voice when they don't have a voice. And I think that sometimes, and how I got into like really believing in the whole psychic work with this is that my brother was a missing person back in 2005. He had um, a drug problem. And he was a very troubled child. My parents sent him to a program. They had to send him, you, you hear about those kids that get sent away to like treatment programs when they're young. And uh, the long and short of it was he was missing for five months and we thought that he'd passed away. 
So my mother, we found out about an internationally acclaimed psychic named Carol Pate. And we hired her to find him. And she found him scrying with a pendulum and a map of the area that we suspected he was in. She was touching his clothes and his photo and rubbing it, doing a technique called psychometry. And she led the police to him. And he was actually found laying unconscious underneath someone's porch. He was sleeping there and hiding out there. And the police found him and brought him back to my parents alive and safe. And they were able to get him help. And you know what? He's been sober off of heroin for like six years now and he's in college and you know he keeps to himself he's not getting into any trouble and he's very anti-drug now so he like he turned his whole life around but like that psychic literally saved his life and seeing her do that I said to her hey I want to be like you one day and then she's like hey kid are you sure you really want to do that she's like it's a hard life being doing this work she's like are you sure it's for you she's like you just keep contacting me and we'll see. And then I kept asking her, will you be my mentor? Will you be my mentor? And then she became my mentor. And we had a relationship for 15 years. We don't talk as much anymore, but that's just the basic of how I got into doing like um, psychometry and the work I do was just, that's a little bit of my story. And I don't want to over talk or like. No, I completely understand. I think that's like a really good, like, uh, uh, what are the, what were those things called back in school when we would read those like books that were sort of shortcuts? Yeah. What were they called? I'm trying to be condensed, so I'm not talking too much. But people always want to be like, "Why are you into all this dark and twisty stuff like solving crimes?" <laughs> I'm just a 32 year old girl have an interest in this. I think this guy was asking me this recently. He's like, "This is really dark stuff. Are you sure you can handle this?" And I'm like, "Listen, buddy, my brother was a missing person when I was 16. I was on the streets looking for him." I might be 32, but I know this world and I've someone has life. to work. I'm like, someone has to be tough enough to do this work. And I am. Yeah. Someone has to do the stuff that I, I am not a Hollywood psychic. I'm not glitzy. I'm not on a camera. I just care about helping people and spreading the word. I don't care about the fame or the glory or the money. Really. I do this because I love it. Yeah. And I believe in being humble and serving. I don't believe in, I don't want to win. I just want to Right, it's not about avarice, right? Because there's a lot of people in the community that are all about kind of like the ego of it. Oh my God, that is is like an entirely, entire long episode in and of itself we could get into that shit. There's so many predators in the spiritual community that we could talk about. Yeah, there's a lot of poachers and things like that. Oh yeah. So- that was a beautiful introduction. I I am so grateful that you, you know, shared all that with us and your mission you. is noble here. Your 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 soul's mission is noble here. Your intellectual mission, your your emotional mission is just really beautiful. Um and I am I'm very grateful um to know you too. And I'm so grateful to know both of you. And I'm so humbled that you are willing to let me um, work with you on your podcast. Oh my God. I consider it ours. I don't consider it mine. You know what I mean? Like I, this doesn't feel like it belongs to me. It feels like it belongs to our, our. You've worked so hard, Adriana, like with all the graphics and setting it up. Yeah, that, I mean, I I did, but it was, it was kind of easy. That was fun for me. You know what I mean? That was fun for me. Um, But I appreciate, you know, the, the, the appreciation you know what I mean um yeah so uh Steph did you want to go next or did you want me to go you go first because I'm not sure okay (laughs) it's okay it's 
okay. <laughs> so um, I'm Adriana. I'm also known as the Renaissance Mystic. Uh, you could, I know, um, Leah, what's your, what's your uh, Insta handles? My Insta handle is Green Goddess Medicinals, and I combine my um, mediumship psychic work with my cannabis work into one page. I just decided to make it into one um, Instagram page because it was just easier than having Yeah, right, because you had Athena's Oracle I, too, right? I had Athena's Oracle Tarot, yes. and I do a Facebook page that's Athena's Oracle Tarot and a website, Athena's Oracle, but... I, at this time, just have the Green Goddess Medicinals. And it's like Green Goddess underscore, underscore medicinals. medicinals. Yes. But, and it's on Instagram. And it's a private page, so. Feel free. You yeah. know, feel free. But, you know, <laughs> proceed with caution. Right? <laughs> feel free, but proceed with caution. <laughs> okay. As long as you're not an insurance suggester. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um. So yeah, my name is Adriana, and I am a womb healer, um, but I don't really say womb healer. I call myself more of a womb priestess than a womb healer, but it's easier to sometimes say womb healer, you know? Um, and that's just a very general term um, for what I do. I also, um, somebody once called me their cosmic fairy godmother, and I was like, that is so me. I'm stealing that. I'm stealing that. And I... I love her so much. She too, the one who gave me that name, she too was um, ritualistically like abused by her family. I won't say who she is, but um, that is that is something that she's endured. So I know people. People think this is a joke, and it's not. Um, and uh, my womb healing was not anything that I ever planned or knew existed. Um, <laughs> like uh, I have just been sort of a vessel for the divine and I and I think that you know there's a lot of women who are coming into their sexuality right like they're becoming more expressive in their sexuality and and that's great you know especially if it's coming from a healing place and you're not traumatized and projecting your sexuality out everywhere that's the kind of shit that I don't agree with you know um if you're still holding on to trauma and you're still you still have some sort of sexual trauma. I don't believe you should be selling your sex then because then I feel like you're just selling your trauma. But that's just me. That's just me. Um, but there are a lot of women who are, who were always like very hypersexual and who never really had an issue, you know, doing their thing and, and didn't ever really feel bad about it. And they're coming into their innocence again. They're, they're, they're sort of relinquishing the 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 overriding demiurge that just permeates and, and gets in the way of everything and dominates everything. And there are so many sexual boundaries that get crossed in relationships and, and people wouldn't even think of them. Most people wouldn't even think of it. But I've I've sat here and I've dissected all the ways in which I don't feel safe in sexuality in relationships. There are certain things that just don't make me feel safe um and I have sort of deconstructed and nitpicked things and I've realized that you know the womb is is it's your, your it's your eternal life source like it in your physical body it really is and and it it has a space all of its own not even just the physical space there's like a special space carved out you know for for a biologically female, you know, bodied people. Um, 
your womb is just so beautiful. And I know there are people who help like trans people tune into the energy of their wombs, but I don't work. I, I haven't had the experience with that. I don't, I don't know how to facilitate that. So good for them if they know how to do it. But like, I, I, I need to work with like biological females. Like that's, that's how my gift is, is it works. I don't know how to facilitate that for non-biologically biological females and I don't want to sound like you know like I'm not including anybody I, j I just don't know how to approach that you know um so there's so much beauty that's held in the womb but there's also so much torment you know um there's the generational trauma and the sexual trauma and there's the sexualization of women so from the moment they found out what your gender was they already projected you know, um, a target onto you, you know what I mean? Oh, I'm going to have a girl. Oh my God. I'm going to have to, you know, watch her and watch her because I'm the temptation, right? I'm the temptation. I'm minding my own fucking business. I'm not the temptation. Okay. Like, uh, you just don't know how to control yourself. And that's another problem. Men are oversexed and I'd love to inevitably work with men, but they're not, their pride isn't, uh, where it needs to be in order for me to address that. But um, men are, are taught to abuse their bodies and they're oversexed and, you know, we make excuses. Boys will be boys and that's just how men are. And, you know, um, I don't agree with that either. I, I think that that's just a really easy excuse. Um, and that's also kind of misandrous too, because it's like, you know, you hate men for being that way, but then you say, well, that's just how they are it kind of sounds like you're setting them up for failure. You know what I mean? Like, it kind of sounds like you're setting them up for failure. So, um, and in my work, I've also really took a look at like the shadow aspects of the feminine energies. So there are a lot of women who act in predatory ways. And, you know, because they may have big boobs, or because, you know, they look like a porn star or whatever, they get away with acting a certain way. And, for some people, even just being a female diverts people's attention because people just expect women to be kind and nurturing. And some of them, some of them perform some of the most atrocious crimes. Like I've had friends who were molested by their mothers. You know what I mean? Like I've had friends who were abused at the hands of their mothers who knew they were being abused and almost got into a competition with their kids. So that they were sleeping with the abuser knowing that the abuser was sleeping with their child. So the, the, the feminine has a lot of fucking shit to deal with. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very staunchly against pretending like that doesn't exist. So a lot of it, it kind of feels like I pick apart the feminine or that I, I hold like patriarchal views, but it's, it's not true. Um, just because somebody is a female doesn't mean that I have to excuse everything that you do because you're a female. I don't agree with that. You know, that's not the kind of feminism that I want to be a part of. I want to be part of, you know, a, I want to be part of a collective where people are held accountable for their shit, you know? And um, I was sort of downloaded with this ability about five, six years ago or so. And it, it took me all the way, even up until now, I'm still learning new things. I'm still developing my abilities, my craft. Um, I got like my first client for a mentorship, which like 
it's like I knew it was going to happen, but I never knew when it was going to happen. So like, I, you know, I've sold like services and stuff, but I've never really sold like mentorships before. So this is really big for me. It's new for me. Um, and I finally feel like I'm equipped with what I need to have in order to guide somebody along this journey, you know, to help them communicate with their womb. It, it is an eternal source of, of intuition for you too. Um, I feel like if you link your sight to your womb, it, for me, I see a lot of symbolism, which is why I'm really good with the charms too. You know what I mean? Um, the symbolism is just easy for me to pick apart and it's easy for me to pick up on the energetic climate that you're working with or like weird guides come through and set weird ancestors come through beings that I've never seen before sometimes come through. Um, a lot of the times animal totems or even like plant totems will come in to women's womb spaces. Um, sometimes they often look like landscapes. It, it really depends. You know what I mean? It really depends. Like it can get pretty crazy and, I've never met another person like me before. You know what I mean? I, I <clears throat> and um I just continue to expand and and to you know build upon that that God-given gift cuz I I never knew it existed. I didn't know that there were people who did things like this, you know? And um I also do, you know, I also read tarot, oracle cards, um my strength I believe is in my charms. I think that's that's definitely my my strength. Not that I'm a bad reader in any other way, but that just feels so natural to me. You know what I mean? It feels really natural to me. So I think that's kind of more so my thing. Um, yeah, that that's a little bit about me. Um, I I learn the most from my relationships and, you know, my relationships to females and my relationship to my mom and all of those things have really shaped and forged who I am today and why I do what I do. You know what I mean? Um, families carry a lot of trauma in them. And, and that's what kickstarted my abilities was addressing like the sexual abuse in my family. And uh, being sort of the only one who was willing to really delve into that energy, not just be a victim to it. You know what I mean? Everybody else was too busy being a victim to it. Everybody else still is too busy being a victim to it. I I couldn't I didn't have people around me who would let me stay in that place. I had a very, very, um, I ha still have her still till this day. She's one of my best friends and um, she doesn't let me feel sorry for myself. She does for a little bit. She's like, but you know, that's not, you know, that's not what you should be doing, right? Like, you know, you need to do something with that. You know, you need to take that deeper, you know. So I, I'm really, um, I'm really about being held accountable for my stuff, you know, and, and, people being real with me. And that's really what I'm about. Um, it's, it's really about getting down to like the, the, the subconscious stuff that we carry, because we think that because mentally we go, Oh, I have good intentions. This is what I want to happen. We think that, you know, we're, we don't cause harm that way, right? Because we had good intentions. But that's not enough to say that I don't cause harm to anybody. And I always mean well for everybody. And I've had to really deconstruct even my own subconscious habits because I feel really righteous and like I'm really nurturing all the time. And a lot of the times, really, it's the subconscious need to control and to like mommy people, but I'm not everybody's mommy. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's not my job. So this this really the mother wound and the the familial trauma and the generational trauma is really what 
birthed my abilities and um they've been ever evolving since then so that's a little bit about me um next is stephanie (laughs) that was wonderful wonderful. thank you that craft just fascinating i can't wait to dive deeper into that because like it was never introduced to me or like like i tell you all the time i always always overlook those factors when things feel out of sync because it's not it's crazy like i'm we're just not taught we're just not taught to consult ourselves in that way yeah i know absolutely not like and it's it's actually unfortunate like i i hate that like i wish that wasn't the case but um so i'm stephanie um i'm really uh a practicing pagan Wiccan. Um, my practice is not, I can't say that I've been in practice for a very significant amount of time, but I've been studying for a significant amount of time. That matters. Yeah. Because, um, just the way, um, just the way that I learn, just the way that I am is when I become interested in something, it's like the books. I got, I got to like hit the books. Like I'm like, they, my friends make fun of me. They tell me I'm a, I'm a professional student because I could make a school of anything. Like, don't you have a Sag rising? That's awesome. No, I have a Pisces rising. Pisces rising. Where's that Sag energy? I am a day off the cusp of Sagittarius. So my Scorpio and my Sag are both in the ninth house at the same house. Oh, Oh. are you November? Oh, yeah. November, yeah. November, November 17th. Wow. Yeah. So those Scorpios are really powerful. They are very interesting. combo and the interesting thing about it is um for when I was younger I always would be like oh I'm a scorpion there's a stigma attached to Scorpio which I love that and when I was young I used to be insecure about it when people would be like oh you're a Scorpio I'd be like I I would get like oh my god they're gonna hate me right away because they think I'm a Scorpio but now that like I that's your Pisces rising like what did I do to you but now I relish it like I love when people come they're like oh you're a Scorpio and I'm like yeah that's right (laughs) <laughs> and I bet you're wearing black when you're saying it too. Oh, I'm wearing black my whole all the time, time, all the time. I don't own a single shade of color. You see my walls, they're tan. That's that's about as far as it gets. <laughs> but um cuz if your walls were black, you'd blend in. All you'd oh, see was all you'd see is the white skin sticking out of your clothes. Exactly. And yeah, white like snow, you know? Exactly. No. But um I've been I've been studying like traditional uh, paganism and and Wicca for uh, like a, a really long time. I would say probably around 2014-ish, like when I found out I was sick. Um, I started to, I was never a religious person. I was never religious. Mm-hmm. My family was not religious. We were not, I mean, I had all my sacraments, but we were not like go to church on Sunday. Like we yeah. were never like that. But yep. um, for, for disciplinary reasons, because I was, a behavioral problem. My <laughs> mother had actually pushed me into Catholic school for high school. And I think that's when I really started to almost like resent traditional religion. Yes. Went through like a very rebellious period because I started to feel like, well, who says, you know, and I would very be like, I'm very much into like history and, and Greek mythology and things like that. And I would read all these things and I'm like, well, that's no truer than this is. So this is mythology and this is fact. And who says that? Yeah. And I started to pick it apart and I started to feel like, well, do I even believe in these things or do I believe in something else? And the more I studied, the more I realized that I was really always like a pagan. I really always believed these things. I just didn't know there was a name for it. I didn't know yes. there was a thing. 
And then as I got into it, of course, I was attracted to the Wicca because the dark. I love the darkness. And darkness is something I've battled with my whole entire life. It's actually become, it's become like a mission in life for me to try to live harmoniously with my dark. Because it's like I've accepted the fact that it's never going to leave me 100%. But if we can meet on the same plane, like that would be great. Like I would love to have a good relationship. But, you know, I I went through a lot of things. I was very ill for a long time. So I I read these things because like it, it gave me a new repurpose. I started to feel like, well, if this is going to bring me closer to the earth, closer to this, then I'll be more harmonious and maybe my health will clear and this. Like I just wanted this whole new physically, mental. So I started practicing um, rituals and um, I got into oracle cards at the time because I felt like they were more simple and they were kind of windows. I did a lot of like handwriting things, writing things down, you know, little rituals, little things I would say to myself, um, stuff like that. Um, I played around with like, um, different type of, you know, altar play and, you know, and then I started celebrating the holidays. I'm like, oh, well maybe, and you know, in my home, they think I'm a freak of nature. So (laughs) like the first time, like, you know, like a, 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 a Samhain pass, then I had like apples at the door and my father's like, you dropped some apples outside. And I'm like, no, I didn't drop them. I put them there. And he's like, just leave my apples alone. <laughs> Watch your business. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. oh my God. They're for the passers. Mind your business. <laughs> but like, I, I really did start to feel really connected to that. So the more I delve into it, the more I got into these other things. So I got very into the crystals. I'm like, now I want to learn about the chakras, the crystals, uh, numbers, like a little touch of numerology. But I got a scattered brain. So I pick up each thing for a little while. I'm like, I got to learn some of this. I got to learn some of this. I got to learn some of this. And the first thing they teach you in, in like, like pagan Wiccan practice is that like mastery doesn't exist. Like they tell you that from the jump, like mastery never exists because you will always evolve and there will always be another level. So I just stopped feeling like I needed to know everything before I moved on to the next thing. I'm like, well, I'll just do this. So now, you know, I've been reading tarot for about a traditional tarot for about a year now. So I'm still, there's a lot to learn, but I'm very, like, I read very intuitively. I'm not necessarily reading the books, what they're supposed to mean, unless I'm really not feeling a specific feeling from the cards. I'm kind of like, all right, how do they look? How do they feel? And I think that that speaks a lot to, you know, how your journey, where your journey takes you, because I'm not trying to push it in any one direction, but I realize that I have a lot to learn. So I'm really excited to be part of this trio because it's like all these little things that I still want to pick up. Now I'll have like one-on-one. Yeah. You have access, you know what I mean? You have access to it now. I think, I think that's actually one of my favorite parts about this is like, this isn't just like, you know, uh, a bunch of birds squawking, you know, for no reason. It's like, we get to like teach one another too, you know? And like, I think that's amazing. I think that's, I think that's one of my favorite aspects of what we're doing here. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Me too. um, I definitely too. I kind of felt like, 
I really love that each of us like kind of has something the other one is not really too like doesn't know as much about because none of us are sitting here like preaching to you like we are all learning we're all learning absolutely we're a team and we're learning from each other and we're sharing knowledge I I think that's really what sisterhood is about you know what I mean and and sisterhood yeah, and, <laughs> like, and sisterhood has gotten really distorted, you know, especially with everybody being like so money hungry and stuff. Um, you know, people don't even want to talk to you unless you pay them, you know, three hundred dollars. Where it's like, I can't even have just. I understand if you have a lot of clients, that's one thing, but there are people who don't have a lot of clients who are just acting like that because they feel like they have to act a part. You know what I mean? And. Then they wonder why people leave their lives and, you know, nobody really wants to mess with them anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like people that, that, that's not, to me, that's not of integrity, but I guess integrity is subjective. So I guess so. not everybody has morals. You're right. Yeah. Not everybody has morals. Right. So or they consider morals are, are really unethical and not moral at all. They justify that, or they think morals are weakness. Yeah, yes. You have to sit on people's as if you're enslaved because you're a decent person. Person, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, people will like actually not like we've now we're in like a time where people are very animal like people like love animals, but for the longest time, like it would be like if I saw something on a movie, like if I'm watching like Game of Thrones or something, I would always make a joke. The thing that disturbs me the most is not the guy getting stabbed in the chest; it's the horse. And everybody's like, oh my God, it's fake. It's not real. And I'm like, no, but there was a time that they really did ride these horses into battle and they would die. And that, like, I've always felt more like there's not enough appreciation for animals and, and for animal companions. And now I love that I'm seeing that more. But even to me, that even down to a base core, this is an innocent thing that cannot express itself to you. And you immediately feel superior, like you should own it like it like it belongs to you and it's disposable that is like the perfect definition of disaster because how do you care about anyone or anything if that's how you look at the simple basis of nature an animal a living being because we come from animals they're part of us exactly and there are teachers too you know they have so much to share with us even even if you just look at the function of an animal, like just what it's there to do, you know, what its purpose is, like that is so powerful. Especially like for me, I've been seeing doves, like white doves like crazy, not in person, but like I've just been seeing them. I watch TV and somebody, you know, there's white doves exploding behind somebody or, you know, and that's really about peace and it's it's also a, an animal that's associated with like Christ consciousness. So it's a very pure thing. And that's my thing. My thing is purity. But people, people take the purity thing and they associate it to the church telling them that everything's dirty, everything's bad. I, 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 am, I am not not doing that, but not from that perspective. It's really about it's really about are your actions coming from a place of empowerment or are your actions coming from a place of societal conditioning from trauma, you know, being conditioned by your trauma. Right. Most people, or the church, or the church that, that too, absolutely. And right, purity doesn't have to be repressed, being repressed being, It's either. not at all repressed. Like, 
some people look at it that way because there's they different do. ways. They're very triggered by me. They are very triggered by me. Point sides to it. Mm-hmm. Some people feel entrapped it's, by that. It's not black or it's not easy, easily. It's like, not black and white. Yeah, it's not black or white, but. You can't generalize these things like you're saying. It's a very complicated matter. It is. And um, I, I really love that about Stephanie, that when me and her began talking again, it was just like, she was just like, yes, yes. Everything about that. Yes. And I'm just like, damn, I didn't expect, I didn't expect that. I can tell you the last time I think me and her were in a room together, I think I was at one of her birthday parties and I had a dream that my stepmother's mother died. And then my mom called me that day at her house and was like, Hey, you know, Melissa's stepmother died. And I was like, what and she was like oh my god I remember you getting a call about that that. like I remember that and I was like so that that proves just how psychic children are by the way just in case oh absolutely just in case without a doubt because even when I was a very young child I remember always just feeling very disturbed by things that I didn't understand. I just knew on an energetic level, they disturbed me. Like always, before I could even understand it. I think that's what made it difficult for me, like coming into adulthood, like as I was getting older, because I was very overwhelmed by all these energies I feel, because I'm very energetically sensitive, like when I'm out. And that's why I tend to be more now um, homebody, because I become overwhelmed by other people's energies. And because of my nature, that causes me to be like, standoffish so I, I I'm very like energetically influenced but I just even remember like getting older and just feeling like I couldn't understand why I just the, the world just made me so sad and I feel like it was just because even back then I I was already preparing myself for like the trauma that I was going to go through in my life because I've had a rough life and it's almost like foreshadowed like before I even understood it like so it taught me because I learned from youth how to be strong and resilient. I've gone through a million things that people will be like, why wow, you're so lighthearted about it? And I'm like, because when you go through things like this all the time, it stops being the end of the world every time the world is ending. You know what I mean? You you just got to keep you got to keep going. And that's why every time I've gone through something difficult, I've clung to this harder because it just is the only thing that makes sense. And when you manifest and you don't even have to practice the way I practice if you just manifest and you continue to stop repetitive thoughts and behaviors like obviously I'm not going to have a great day every fucking day there are going to be days even though I'm spiritual that doesn't mean if you come at me I won't punch you in your face like there are (laughs) you know what I'm saying though being spiritual and being aware are like you know they they're they're separate they have to go together but but they're separate and i don't i don't believe that it's one size fits all but if you acknowledge that if you wake up every day and say i hate my life i hate my life i'm nothing i'm nothing i'm nothing i'm nothing that you're not going to wake up and be a millionaire one day you're going to be nothing nothing nothing. it's really that's the simplest like when people make like not make fun but like when people kind of tease about like oh my healing crystals and my this and my that and I'm like it's just a conscious choice to do something. So I'm right. going to different here every day and be like oh, I'm It's going. all not rainbows and puppy dogs exactly. with magic. 
it's not all love and light and honey and ponies. And, and it's funny that people think that way because they are nothing like that. So it's so no. funny how they expect us to, to be, be that, that way. way. Like, yeah. what? And when we post yeah. like that, yeah. and then the minute you post something real, you lose 40 followers because it makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. But you don't like That's why like people don't do their shadow like work. People they don't do their shadow work. People don't do their shadow work. I'm a big shadow work advocate, and I have gotten very heavy into shadow work over the years and that's because my dark my shadow is a dark motherfucking place it's a dark place and it's gonna take me a lifetime to punch through that so it's become a, a part of my rituals like everything else it's something I gotta dabble in every day but you start yeah. to see it in others you start to see what they're not I don't even have to know your life story to know when you have trauma you're not that you're not dealing with because I could tell by the way you act, I could tell by your behavior, yes, by the way you body, body language, yes, and if energy I'm speaking about something and you're deeply uncomfortable, that's you, not me. It's not yeah. what I'm saying to you, it's what you're not addressing because things that don't bother you or aren't don't affect you, they don't make you feel that way. It's the counter transference and transference mm-hmm. going on in the production, Absolutely. and it's not your. So you're not, it's not your job to carry their stuff nope. and own it. That's their stuff that they have to own up to and do work on. Yep. And a lot of people expect you to carry them all the way through their shadow work. Like, and I'm guilty of this too. There are times when I talk to oh, somebody yeah. and I'm just like, what do you see? Because I'm not seeing it. Like, or I understand what you're saying, but I don't know how to, how to get any deeper than that. Like how to get beyond that point. Like, I feel like I'm, at a door like okay I see it but I can't walk through it so shadow work isn't always about like going down that path to fucking understand everything sometimes it takes work like and you know what shadow work is something you do when you're a reader with your clients like shadow work is not all just about personal relationships or about sex no you might have a client that's coming to you who's grieving and going through a tragedy and as a reader and as a medium, it's my job to give them the push and teach them the tools to heal. But I can't hold their hand every step of the way and make it my whole life and talk to them 24 hours a day. I have to be able to sleep and eat and take care of myself. And there are going to be clients that are going to drain you and are going to test your boundaries and they're going to be vampires out there. And you have to and learn that boundaries. Shadow, that is shadow yeah. work, establishing shadow boundaries. Work. Some clients will trigger things in you and make you uncomfortable and you yeah. might start getting that with them because maybe they've not done certain work on themselves that you've done and then they're trying to undo the work that you've done in recovery yeah I I've come across that and I would got really mad at this client and I'm like realizing this isn't about this person this is my own shit that I had to take responsibility yeah. this individual didn't do anything wrong and then I realized I had to explain to the client like it was a client that like talked to me almost every day who was going through a serious crisis and I had to say listen I've taught you the tools, but I'm like a parent in a way because you you have your training wheels. It's time for me to push you on the bike now and you got to ride the bike yourself. Yes. Implement these tools that I've taught you as a medium and as a reader and the guidance I've given you. Now it's time for you to take accountability. And that's what I have to tell some of my clients because if they become too codependent and needy on me, that's not a healthy dynamic as a reader. And as a reader, we have to have boundaries and understand that we're just people too. We're just regular people. And sometimes people will get carried away in that dynamic with a reader. 
that goes back to what Adriana was saying earlier too. It's it's yeah. accountability. It's the hardest part of shadow work is when you hit that mirror because you're going to start in the beginning and you're going to peel through a few layers and it's going to feel good because you're like, oh, and you think you feel, but you're going to, that's just the basis of it. You're going to hit that mirror at some point and that's when you have to start saying, this was my fault. This well, was shit. my fault. And that's <laughs> when it, that's when it hurts and that's when you want to turn around because you don't want to accept those things. But that's because it's really hard to accept when you're in your own way. I'm you know? sort of right at that place right yeah. now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm really, like, coming yeah. to understand something and, and really trying to, like, turn it around for myself. And it just feels like, like, it feels like I can only do so much. And there's this just, like, there's, there's just this sort of divine gateway that's just, like, just waiting right off to the side. It's like once you get to this point, you could just walk right through it. And I feel like I'm I'm at the precipice of something, but I felt like that for a really long time. And I think I think what we think is like 110 steps is really like two. You know what I mean? So I've been feeling like I've been at the precipice of something for a very, very long time, but it's not that long in in spirit you know what I mean like all of this is happening all at once so it, it it it's been like a really long waiting game like I have had it's it feels like the long con kind of like yeah. like, <laughs> like I'm like am I ever gonna like get to the other side of this or is this a fucking joke you know what I'm saying like yeah. long journey you're like walking around the earth waiting to fall off the edge like right okay, right yeah yeah maybe you know that you're getting ready to being maybe you'll know you've crossed that threshold when you start mentoring people because then you know that you've gone full circle that's what you're i'm no getting longer, that's you're what no I'm longer thinking. a victim you're a warrior and a teacher now you're yeah. a survivor Yes. And if you can embody that imprint and take that magnet away from that shadow imprint and you start teaching people and helping them with their wounds, like you've come full circle. That then. is coming full circle. And like I said, I just got like my first mentorship client. So it's That's funny awesome. that you say, yeah. you know, it's funny that you say that because I'm like, oh, wow. damn, there something is, something is really, really shifting. And I see a huge shift in you too. I've noticed that. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, cause it like I I know I'm going through my Saturn return. Me and you are both going through our Saturn returns, and like that's not an easy time for anybody. No, like it it's you guys still have ways to go. <laughs> yeah. What do we have? Like another three years <laughs> or so. <laughs> and and I felt mine starting when I was like 26. Like it like. That's your progressed lunar return. That's the precursor to your Saturn return. And it prepares you for the themes that you're going to encounter. Mm. It might have been stuck with your mom or family. It was. It was. It was with my mother. It was with my mother. It was your mom. Yeah. It was your mom. Exactly. Yep. So it's like, it's, you can't make this shit up. You know what I mean? Like, you can't make this shit up. You can't make this shit up. We could do a whole podcast about progressed lunar returns and Saturn return stories. Oh, see, that's something we should fucking do. A lot of people get sick during their Saturn return or their chronic illness takes a big change. That can happen a lot. Yes, and Stephanie has MS, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Diagnosed for close to eight years now. How old were you when you were diagnosed? I was 23. 
Okay, so three years before your progress and then your return. It would be interesting to see what your transits were like at that see, time. See, that's, that's when my weird, my life I, started getting real wonky when I was like 23. 22 was the last year I enjoyed being anything. Like, it was like the last okay. year of fun. To like, be honest, 20s are hard. Um, I was, but this is the thing too. And I like, I would love to see what, what I wish I had access to knowing what things were like back then. Cause I was not very into astrology yet at the time. So I didn't really understand, but really my first MS attack occurred when I was 17. I lost my eye, my retinal detached. They couldn't figure out why back then. Cause I had no other symptoms. My retina just kept detaching. So I'm pretty much completely blind in my left eye. I had like eight surgeries. Oh, kept no. trying to test me for everything limes autoimmune because they're like why, why is your body attacking your eye it took about five years and like eight surgeries from that point to have my first visible lesion that they could say okay that's demyelination disease and you have multiple sclerosis so i was really ill back then in reality my disease just hadn't progressed and that's oh. the thing with ms it's not until it's done you know irreversible damage that they could say oh well that's what it is and it takes so long to diagnose these diseases, like with endometriosis too. It took 10 years. Yeah, it's crazy. And then of and course- you, look at what happened to you, Stephanie. You didn't get an answer the first day. No, it took five years. And then they put me on, um, in the first year, I was on six different medications they changed me to. And I was just so ill and so debilitated. And so I literally felt like if this is going to be life for the rest of my life, you could just, I'll just die right now. Because I'm not going to do this. But look, you're real about it. But you know what it is? It's just you have to really hit that bottom. And then I started yeah. to read about holistic medicine, and and yeah. I got very into like, and I did. I swear to you, for like a long time, I did paleo. I eliminated like everything that was inflammatory to my diet. I started working out. That's mm -hmm. when I lost the fifty pounds. And once I revealed, to, and I came off my meds for years. I didn't take meds. And I did have a little progression, but not what was unusual for my, I have remitting and relapsing for my condition. Okay. And that only verified to me further that I didn't fucking need the medication. And I have medical people in my house, my mother and my sister are nurses, half my family's in the medical field. And they're all telling me, you know, you're going to be in a no kidding. Me too. Yep. Half my family's in the medical field too. There's a lot of similarities here. But it's crazy because they're very like, um, th because they, I get their science to it. But you don't yeah. understand my science, just like I don't understand your science. You have to listen to your own body and not do what exactly. the doctors tell you to do. I you have to listen to yourself. I came off that medication and I did great. And Thank it would God. actually, if anything, I feel like it would fuel their frustration even further that like <laughs> you defied medical law yeah and it was like not not necessarily yeah. like my mom and my sister but i just mean like i would have other people in my family who are medical and they'd be like oh well how long are you gonna stay off your meds for because you know not like but just trying to instill that fear like oh it's gonna debilitate you oh you're gonna be in a wheelchair oh you're gonna be this and i'm a stubborn yep. scorpio and i was just like no the fuck i'm not and watch me like, and that's what yeah. brought me to this point. But I really feel like physically, yes, I did lose a lot of weight. Yes, I worked out. Yes, I changed my lifestyle. But there is not enough importance placed on mentally what I had to do to get there. And You're what I had to do to remain where I am. Because you got sick when you were young, Stephanie, you had to go through a grieving because you weren't doing what other 20 year olds got to do. Exactly. You weren't getting to drink all night long and wake up exactly. the next day and bounce back. You couldn't treat your body like a garbage can like a lot of young people can do. 
I didn't have that luxury either. So we both had to grow up fast and take care of our bodies because we became chronically ill at a young age. Yeah. And so there's a grieving process because I used to climb mountains and do yoga six days a week and I lived a certain lifestyle. And then when I got sick, that changed. Oh, my whole life changed. I don't have. I had to become a whole new person after I got, and then what ended up happening was my father is a doctor and he wanted me to go to a free surgeon for endometriosis because I was bleeding for three months at a time and getting transfusions and I was so sick and I was on hormones and I was 23 years old and I didn't know what's wrong with me. I knew I had it. And then he's like, well, this guy's free, but this woman's, and I wanted to go to woman. Yeah. And I'm like, but she's going to be expensive. And he's like, no, I want you to go to this guy. He's my pal at the hospital. Like he's this dude I know. And you're 21 and you're going to listen to me right now. So I had a man telling me what to do with my body. He thinks he's doing the right thing. And what ended up happening was this time. Yeah. So he did ablation (laughs) on like six of my organs and he fused my fallopian tubes together. I ended up having to get three surgeries to fix the damage he did. And my second surgery was $285,000. And then that guy ended up lying to me. And his waiting room of his surgical center looked like a porn set. I was so scared to get surgery. I didn't even want to do it. I'm like, this looks like a fucking porn set. There's white vinyl couches that are cheesy all over the waiting room this doesn't look professional and then it turns out he didn't even do my surgery his niece did it that he trained yeah that's horrible that you went so my two experiences with surgeries were a disaster oh my god i would be traumatized and you know what and then they put me on hormones and told me to take all these medications and you've got to do this and you've got to do that and you know i learned you can't always listen to doctors They have this this complex where they think they know everything Everything. and that they're better than you. And if you come with them about something natural, they think you're disrespecting them because of their ego and their God complex. And I'm not saying all doctors are bad and that they're like this. There are good doctors out there that listen. Yeah, but they don't call it a practice for no reason. But I was young and powerless and I trusted my dad to take care of me. And in the end, I'm going to have to get IVF and stick needles in my stomach and take hormones if I ever want to have a child now. So the consequences of two men's decisions about my body, I'm going to pay the price for for a good 15 years now. Yeah, that's going to be 20. So it is what it is, but it's it it proves the point. Like what you said, you had to take accountability about your health. You were going on a frustrating journey to this path of healing Mm -hmm. that influenced your craft. And it's given you a great compassion towards people. Oh, yeah. It sounds like. For sure. Because you've been through a lot. And look at how real you are when you talk about things. Yeah, well, because I don't, I, that was my biggest thing that I think when I was going through it that really got to me. Because every yeah. doctor, every place I went to, you know, they get that, that pity face. Oh. You're so young. Like they're putting, like they got, they were, or, right or they're like, like, you're so young. You can't be yeah, sick. So young. Oh, it's so unfortunate. Oh. oh, boo fucking who? Poor me. Like I could be a child that's like five and have cancer and be dying. Like stop making it like I'm dying. And I, I, you know, there's a stigma attached to chronically ill people, people that are young. And I started just getting so sick of being the victim. Everybody be like, you're so hard on yourself. And I'm, no, I'm not hard on myself. I'm just not making excuses for bullshit. 
That's really all it comes down to. But I'm not blaming me. You're doing something. I'm not going to be a, a yeah. mess because you want me to be because you think I should be. But I've noticed something about you that's really remarkable that I have to give you credit for is that you don't let your illness define your whole identity. It's an important, it's not your whole life. You don't, it's not, you don't feel sorry for yourself. You're exercising, you're taking life by the balls. (laughs) (laughs) I should have said that. Me in my mouth, I'm sorry. But it is Taurus season, right? Yeah. You're talking to a Scorpio girlfriend. But you're really taking accountability and taking care of your body and you're not giving up. You're fighting. You're a survivor, not a victim of a chronic illness. And I think when we look at ourselves as, hey, we're healing. We're not sick. We're healing. We have an illness, but we're healing it and we're working with it. And if we think about our bodies in a really positive way, we can. Like, I'll tell you what, I got hit in an accident and I didn't walk for four months. I remember that. And I'm swimming and going to the ocean. That's amazing. And doing aquatic therapy on a surfboard. I got back up and I started walking again and I did what I had to do to take care of my body. And it's going to be a lifelong process of me taking care of my back. We have after my like, like I love that because I feel like the things that you say to and me, I like, I see them in the It's the same thing. Like I feel and the wheel the same yeah. attitude. And you know, and there was a time I had to use a wheelchair when my um, discs in my back crumbled and my spinal fluid was moving down. Yes. I was strapped to a bed and sedated and put in a halo and I had to sit in the the orthopedic floor for a week until they could inject me with spine injections to get me at least sitting and out of my bed and on a whopper. Oh my God. And now look at me. I'm, I mean, you know what? If you work with your body... It's a lifelong process to heal. What else can make you appreciate your life other than seeing what it could be on the other end? And that's well, I don't think you know. knew that because you weren't walking at a certain point, right? Well, at, at one point, it was not even just that. It was I had oh, so gosh. many other things that were yeah. wrong with me between the medication and the medication that I took used to give yeah. me very, very, very severe side effects. So I would get like a hundred and, you know, something fever. I was Did they make you take steroids or like, I yeah. I had three day salumedrol, which, and I rejected salumedrol. It made me much sicker. My veins were like black. They had me hooked up here. There was a time that even like, I, it's not like, oh, I was in a wheelchair, but I was pretty like home bed bound. I wasn't yeah. active at all. I was like 200 pounds. They had taken my gallbladder out. I had drains hanging out of the side of my body and I was just really unwell. Oh, and so I think hard. I remember what happened was I started feeling better after my gallbladder surgery. That's what started it. And I started getting up and moving around a little bit again. And yeah. I started feeling like, like petrified of falling back into what was so it just fueled me to just keep and then once I was gone yeah. there was no stop. you found the right treatment it's yeah. finding the right thing you just have to keep yeah. trying till you find the right, right thing. thing and for me it was ketamine infusions and rolfing yeah that I gave me that what, I can't wait I've been looking into that I want to do that really oh bad. man it the, those infusions get you out of pain for months and this is the thing. I mean, it's amazing. And people put a stigma attached. Oh, yeah. To ketamine. Oh, they think a rave drug. Well, there's sick people that rely on ketamine to survive. Oh, yeah. They're getting people off of heroin and opiates and pain pills yeah. using ketamine. Not yes. to mention that, like you said earlier, you know, because you're in the industry. Yeah, but people think 
used to think cannabis was evil. Yeah, exactly. And that it was just a lazy stoner drug and you're going to get fat and be lazy and never do anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, no. I'm like, I That's smoke weed all day long. I work out for two hours a day. Like, yeah. don't tell me that I don't do anything. Like, you, I, I love when people say that. Don't you love that when you're like yeah. a functioning cannabis user yeah. and people try to make it like you're a lazy couch potato? I love that. I love to school people. Like, oh, yeah, do you want to know what I do in a day? Now, let me tell you something. I am naturally a bit more lazy because of who I am and you know like I am a little bit lazy but let me tell you something it ain't the cannabis that did it it was birth it was birth I have been I have been uh you know I'm a bit more of like a homebody and like I I don't very much care yeah cancer cancer I don't care for like doing chores and shit either like (laughs) I love that I'm just (laughs) like I just want to live my fucking life and I don't want to have to have tasks to do like I don't want tasks like me neither (laughs) (laughs) what it's gonna do it's gonna force you he's such a taskmaster and, and, oh, and I could use that. Oh, I could oh, use oh. it, though. But to, to be honest, though, even even what we're doing right now, like, this is taking me out of my daily routine. Like, That's cool, this, is, this is allowing me to broaden what is possible in one day for me. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. And, like, just recently, I started going back to the, to the gym, like, a month ago. And yeah, I've yeah. been like obsessed. Like now I'm like obsessed again. You know, yeah, I, I was I see you there every day. Yeah, almost every goddamn day. Yeah. Even today. Today I didn't leave the house, but I got on like the Zoom with them and I was following yeah. along yeah, at I home. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Rock on. And uh <laughs> I, I've been having a really, a really amazing time. And I just there that is also a shadow too. You know what I mean? Like not being able to break out of your daily routine and and certain things like that. So it's so funny that I get to be surrounded by two women who could probably kick ass all day long as opposed to me. Me, Well, well, (laughs) as compared to... (laughs) Right, right. As compared to me where it's like, if I have to do one thing that day, I'm like, oh. (laughs) Like... Even cooking or like, I just, I'm so not like, I'm not like a domesticated person. Like I want a maid. I want a cleaning lady. Like I just. You and me both. You know. (laughs) To be fair to you though, I would love to be the way you are. I am diagnosed obsessive compulsive. (laughs) When I went to therapy and he asked me what my issues are. I described him and he said, obsessive compulsive tendencies, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm obsessive. Because I will be laying in bed, like, please go to sleep. And thinking, like, make a grocery list for the morning. Like, vacuum oh, that spot gosh. on the rug. Like, it don't yeah. fucking stop all day. And it's actually problematic for me sometimes. Because when I'm not feeling well, like, when I'm just having, like, a bad MSE, I call it, like, an MS day. When I'm just having, mm-hmm. like, a bad MSE day. It's my body that doesn't want to go, not my brain. So I'll be yeah. like, <laughs> my body, like, go do the dishes. Like, because I have the same way too. Oh, I feel uh, you on that. It's such a problem. I'm like sick in the head when I was in college, I would be working like 20 hours a week, taking five classes. I'd be sitting. 
in my car eating a meal and like typing something on the computer. And now I'm like, it's not healthy to live like this. No. <laughs> like it's not it's okay. Not so yeah. it, it's nice that my uh, laziness <laughs> has rubbed off and has inspired somebody because that's usually not the case. That's oh, usually wish. not. Oh, I would <laughs> Uh, well, to be fair, uh, my body doesn't want to do that much, but my mind is also kind of just like, you know, you should, you know, and I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> I don't want to. Where's your shirt? Oh, God. Yeah, let me see. Because if you didn't have any squares in your chart, that might explain why you feel that way. Yeah, well, there's lots of sex. I have lots of sex time. I mean, like... 90-degree squares in your natal chart? Let me see. I'll look at the report. Um, I have Mars square, moon square Mars, Mars square moon, whatever. Um, I have Mars square... uh, Yeah, Mars square uh, Mercury, um, Uranus square moon, Neptune square moon... Um, Chiron square moon. Chiron. Your moon is your mom. Huh? Yeah, I know. Your well, moon is your mother. Knows. And you just said that your lack of energy comes from being born. And moon is birth. So I did. You- did I now fucking say, say that? I definitely you did. did it, yes, I love that stuff. I <laughs> she's, she's holding a, a selenite crescent moon, by the way. So yeah, it's gorgeous. We're not going to see this. And yeah, unfortunately, it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, but I don't know if anybody will even see it. I need it, some but. better crystals. I really do. It's all good. It's, it's I ha- good for the full moon. It, yes, it is. Selenite's really great on the full moons. Um, I have Sarah's Square Mars, Sarah's Square uh, Neptune, Sarah's Square Chiron, um, North Node Square Moon, North Node Square oh, yeah. Mercury. So you would have a hard time moving far away from your mother or she'd resist you doing that. Yeah, she she did say that to me once. I think I said I wanted to move somewhere move far in- away and she was just like, yeah. what? She's like, she's like, hell no. And it's funny because my mom doesn't really like possess me like that. So when I when she did that, I was like, wow, that's unusual. You know what I mean? Like she's comfortable with a certain level of distance, which I relate to. I get that. Like I get that because – I've been thinking about like what it would be like to move like overseas because for for whatever reason I feel like that's a possibility for me. Really, oh, very interesting. Could be my ninth house Venus, maybe. I don't. I've been thinking that too. Yeah, and and um, I would like I would totally move if I could. You know what I mean? I would totally move if I could. And Costa, baby. And just yeah, <laughs> and just thinking and just thinking about that my you know and being like oh but my mom would probably and my sister and like uh and that 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 saturn in the fourth house just whiplashes me right back and i'm like oh i feel this sense of duty here like i have to be here and it's an, it's an unnecessary guilt that i that i carry you know i i this is a self-imposed bondage this very much is you yeah. know so yeah. So there's that. Told um, was the bondage card reversed. That's yeah, that's true. You did. You pulled the Eight of Swords. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I pulled it in reverse. So being released which, of bondage. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, which is very interesting because um, 
this this week alone has been very i mean we know we were just coming out of like the scorpio moon which was like oh yeah like crazy for me that was crazy it was insane for me we were coming off of aries prior to that and i have the oh that new moon in aries oh my god and i have it moved me out for two weeks yeah (laughs) dude my moon is aries so when I tell you we had, lunar, we had lunar returns then. I was so like drained. I was yeah. so drained. I could not do anything. All I, I could do was sleep and go to the gym. That was, was the only exhausted. things I could do. I was so tired and I physically <sighs> just felt like heavy. Like, I just felt so heavy. And then we transitioned into this and yeah. released, I launched my business this past full moon, literally on the full moon. I released my um my line of elemental um intention candles and i just i remember being just being so because i planned it around the moon the launch and i remember being so panicky moving forward because i had so much to do and i did not have it like i just didn't like those weeks moving up to it like the whole month i was just like it's never gonna get done i just i was so emotional i'm like this this is just never gonna happen for me this is gonna be another conquest wasted and then all of a sudden like just the switch flipped and within like Mm -hmm. a few days i pumped everything out and then everything went super good and all of a sudden, I'm like, I have this charge now. I feel like a bull. Like, I'm going to take over everything. Mm-hmm. But it's, just, it's crazy how it's like one day. Like, it's like boom, boom. It was a totally crazy experience Did- for me. Oh. Yeah, crazy, crazy you- experience for me. As, a, as an Aries moon, did you notice? Like, I noticed on that Aries moon that happened when everybody was so drained, or at least we were drained. Yeah. I fucking I was. I was dead. Was- candles that would take me three days to burn would go down in an hour when I was doing magic I noticed the flames were like it's the magic was just like super potent that Mars energy because it wasn't just the sun and the moon in Aries there were other planets in Aries there were like a a couple there were several planets in Aries and I noticed that I was like really supercharged on a justice crusade like I wasn't putting up with anybody's bullshit and I felt like I was taking on the personality of an Aries I don't have any Aries in my chart I don't act like an Aries I love Aries people yeah my friends are Aries I love how direct they are but I just noticed like when there's so many planets in Aries it does really amp things up oh my god and I was like on edge like literally I guess just because I felt like that and you know, shadow, like my shadow, that's the thing, because I do shadow work the way I do, because there are like, you know, there's positives, of course, there's downsides to shadow work, you know, I live in the shadow realm. So it's hard to take myself out of there sometimes. And when I am feeling like that, it totally takes the wheel. So I'm like waking up in the morning, aggravated immediately. So all you got to do is blow in my direction. And I'm like taking you down. I was literally like that for days. I, I know that combination. My ex was a Scorpio with an Aries. Oh my moon. god! And it was it was brutal. Honestly, like, I literally was like, I, I just need everybody. I didn't even want to be with me. I'm like, I the, my, the air I'm breathing oh, yeah. is pissing me off. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> literally, like, oh my god, it was horrible. But I do feel like this was this was the release because it did just happen out of nowhere. Like it just flipped, and I'm telling you, the I kept pulling. All oh, before I kept pulling the the cups, but in the the upright position, and this was the first cups? time in weeks. Yes, and this is the first time in weeks that I pulled it in the reverse. 
So I yeah. do feel like, and, and I've been pulling a lot of wands lately and I got the Empress the last time I pulled. So yeah. I felt like I knew it was coming. And for weeks it kept telling me like, it's coming, it's coming, but I wasn't feeling anything. And I was so in a rage. I was like, like I stopped oh, pulling really? and doing my rituals for a few days. Cause I just felt so angsty that I didn't even want to put that energy into my tools. So I didn't, I didn't notice the candles or anything because I kind of, I just wasn't even like messing with Yeah, I took videos of it because I was just oh like, God. I saw flames splitting into four and fives. And oh, yeah. I think Adriana saw those videos. Yeah, like, there, there, is, there is definitely a lot of. And you saw the candle tonight, like how much black smoke was being released. Yes, that was a lot. And then there. I had a candle go out and then turn back on. Yeah, that's because crazy. the wick went out and then the wick was on the bottom and that can happen sometimes when they kind of curl. Mine does yeah. that sometimes too, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of freaky when you see a lot of white smoke go straight up. When it goes straight up, you know, yeah. it's you got to look at the direction your smoke's going. Yes. Yeah, but I, I'm curious. I do have a question for you though, um, Adriana. Yeah. Like when you're doing your womb activation light work or your techniques or you're working with clients, do you feel like a sensation in your body when you're working on people? Like, do your hands get hot? Like, what happens to you when you do your work? Um, as a as a practitioner, like, what have your experiences been like? Um, with, the- with certain people, I'll feel like cramping in my uterus. So it'll wow. feel like I'm about to go on my menses, but I'm not. So you're very empathic. It yeah, like. yeah. And um, I could always tell the women who hold the most trauma because I feel the most since it, it sometimes it's not always cramping sometimes it feels like t- like um like tingling like static like like white wow. like there's white noise in my womb if you could feel that since i don't know why that it, white noise is an is a sound but you know the way that it looks like that that like static on the tv it feels like yeah. that is like in my womb if you could it's like they're stuck maybe or yeah yeah and and being back. that i'm so receptive from that place it's not going to take very much for me to to feel that. Um, for other people, a lot of the times um, my face might get really hot. So, like, I might feel like I'm breaking into fever, but I'm not. Um, right. And then sometimes, like, if, if somebody doesn't – certain parts of my body, I'll get, like, a twinge of pain or something, and yep. I'll be like – what is that? You know, and then I'll look at that. I'll look at that side of the body like, oh, that's the pancreas or, oh, that's the kidneys or, oh, that's whatever. You know, so I'll, I'll sort of use that as like, I'll use my own body as a guide. But that doesn't yeah. always happen. Luckily enough for me, that doesn't always happen. But I am right. conscientious enough to consider that what, excuse me, when it does pop up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um so yeah, I can totally. be very empathic in, in in that way. Yeah, that actually sounds a lot like when people channel for mediumship. So I definitely be- think I have yeah. the the capacity to. It's just I do not see physically. Like I just don't physically see. You don't see them. No, no. They'll come into my awareness though in my mind. Like I I might perceive somebody in my mind. Yeah. Um, but I don't physically see them, which. Maybe that is just the way that I operate and I just devalue it. You know what I mean? But like sometimes they, 
sometimes I'm like, no, I don't want to see nobody sitting at the foot of my bed. You know, I just, I don't want to oh, wait. Yeah. For, you know, and you'll find out when that happens, but it takes time to see with your physical eyes. Exactly. Exactly. And I think I'm okay with it taking some time. You know, I think I'm okay with it taking some time. If you don't want to see that, that's okay because you have consent in the spiritual realm. Exactly. You do. I'm so fascinated by this because this is something I've never even attempted to like um channel or aspect I've always had the ability I feel like to see things I've seen things many times in my life and I do have when I allow it I have very strong dream Mm -hmm. channels because my grandmother has spoken to me clearly in dreams that like I've woken up and remembered like they were real life it's probably that Pisces energy and I and I literally I've seen I'm telling you in my house and I've had other friends of mine who are like spiritually inclined that have come in my house and be like, you see mm-hmm. the presences. And I'm like, I think they just pass through me. Like if that makes right. sense, I feel right. like they just pass through me and I don't, because I've never accessed it. That being said, I, I feel like I sort of I'm relate like, to that too. I'm right there yeah. because things happen to me all the time that I almost get a little fright from them. And I think that's why I've never accessed it further, but I don't need, I couldn't yeah. begin to know how to, but I'll feel things like, a brush in my hair, yeah. like yeah. a touch. Sure. There have been times that I've been asleep and been jolted and like woken up, like and looked around and I've woken yep. up. That happened to me last night. Yes. Yeah. That's somebody trying to access. It felt like sure. somebody barreled into my room yeah. and was oh. just like, and I was like, oh my fucking. You don't God. know how to work with that. That's really scary. Yeah. yeah. The not, thing that's interesting. You to be afraid of that. If you're yes. afraid of them, it feeds into it, and they you have to make a boundary with spirit. Mm. And you do have to turn it off because if I didn't turn it off, I'd have a line of seven of them. Yeah, at my door. <laughs> I have to literally grid my room with stones this big, yeah. or I would get sleep. A lot of mediums they're attracted to smoking tobacco. Yeah, they like smoke cigarettes because cigarettes are very grounding. It yeah. gets them in their body and out of their head because. Mm-hmm. As a medium, I notice, like, I'm always in my head. I can't yeah. shut my mind off at night after I've done 10 readings in a yeah. day or I've done a couple readings in a day. Yeah. And, like, for me, at least, with channeling, like, I get tingling in my arms and my legs and my hands. Mm-hmm. It's Or I'll get really cold or yes. I'll feel cold. Okay, yeah. Another thing is, like, let's just say the person was a cigarette smoker. Yeah. Also, smelling American spirits or a very specific brand of cigarette that they smoke, wow. if I knew the deceased person, personally then i'll know it's them Definitely. they do come and identify themselves to me through sensory details let's just say they like to drink absinthe yeah. maybe they were an alcoholic i'll start smelling alcohol of their choice if they died from blunt force trauma to the head i'll start getting a headache on the right side of my yeah. head and then the cat will come to me and i'll say oh were they hit in the head with a pole and then died yeah. And was that the starting cause of death? And they'll be like, yeah, actually, that's in the autopsy report. So that's what I do. I'll start yeah. like feeling how they died. Or like, let's just say somebody comes to me and they're channeling their uncle, for example. Yeah. Guy died of a brain tumor. I'll get a headache in the back of my head and he had a brain tumor yeah. near his cerebral cortex. So I'll get it in the location where he was sick. Yeah. Or I'll start feeling things in my body. But it's really important to cleanse as a medium and do yeah. ritual baths, salt baths, hyssop baths, um, and pour it over your crown. Florida water, rose water, anything a high vibration, go in the ocean. You need to clean that stuff off of you because you can get sick. Yeah. I've known a lot of mediums and massage therapists who've actually gotten MS later in life. Wow. Because that could be, that could be your, your repressed gifts, you know, manifesting as MS. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the thing with mediumship, sometimes we'll taste, smell and see them. For me, I can physically see them in my eyes, with my eyes. I'll be sleeping at night and they'll just start tapping me on my foot. They'll climb on my bed and stare at me. And it was when I moved into this house in Santa Rosa. And it's actually, it's it's famous for being haunted. Yeah. I, I don't know if Adriana knew about that book of orbs and picture I posted of like this house that had a, like 200 orbs in it, but I was living there. And it was the only place I could find during fire season. Yeah. And a medium living in a house on a vortex is a bad idea. Yeah. You're, you're going to sleep during the day and not at night, yeah. for one. I had to sleep in shifts. Anybody in Can- actually Candace came and stayed with me at that house and had crazy experiences. Oh, I'd imagine it was crazy for yeah, her, Yeah, she did. They were hounding her all night long, like scratching on the walls, not letting her sleep. And then they would knock on the windows and on the walls. And I had to like literally close portals with counterclockwise motions, do yeah. sigils to calm the house down. Yeah. And we had to like change our whole strategy with that. But like, yeah, the mediumship, yeah, I could see them with my physical eyes. I do use tarot cards as a tool mm-hmm. to talk with them. Mm-hmm. I like to touch possessions of theirs, like their yeah. jewelry. But it's really important to make sure that the object does not have a curse on it or anything yeah. negative. Because I learned my lesson the hard way with one client. She brought me something that had some nasty energy on it. And she wanted me to burn it and get rid of it. And it released some bad stuff. So you've yeah. got to know what the person's carrying. So I'm very picky about what I'm going to physically touch. Mm-hmm. If I don't know who they are. Yeah. If it's like a picture of them, that's different. That's safer. Than something personal like their jewelry that yeah, they're wearing. Absolutely. Because, yeah, absolutely. Um, because places absorb imprints and so do um, pieces of jewelry. Yeah. Every fight and argument you had when you were wearing your wedding ring yeah. is going to be in there unless you're cleansing it. And like with dead people that have transitioned, like like with overdose and suicide, they have a harder time transitioning. Yeah. And a lot of times as a medium, when I see them right after they die, they don't look solid. They look pixelated. Mm-hmm. Really? It's longer to cross. They're very time- fragmented. They're very fragmented and pixelated and they almost look like stardust mm-hmm. because they are so they are so tormented by how they pass that they have to come to terms and take responsibility mm-hmm. and accountability for their part in their passing. But I do have noticed with like the different kinds of people I've crossed or worked with, it can take months to cross someone over. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen in two minutes. Sometimes it can happen really fast. Other times it can take a long time and a lot of times they get stuck in the gray space. And you'll see them as a big shadow, we figure. But then once they've really done their healing work on the other side and they're doing really well and um, they've really transitioned, you'll start seeing them as almost like you and me in a room. Crazy. And that's what I've noticed when I've looked at spirits. Now, other times when I've had visitations, so I have a partner that passed on. Yeah. He visits me all the time. Yeah. I have his urn and his ashes here. I'll see him out of the corner of my eye. I'll feel him. Yeah. I'll smell him. I'll see him leaning against my car doing things he would do. I'll smell his cigarettes. You yeah. you name it. Like, they do come to you in certain ways. And I do feel as a medium, having my partner die and having my on and off ex of 12 years pass way made mm-hmm. me better at what I'm doing. Yeah. Because if I had not gone through all that death in my life, I would not be able to help my clients. Yeah. I would not be able to relate to them because I did do mediumship readings before they died. And I cared about my clients, but it wasn't the same. Yeah, I could do it, but I wasn't dancing as much. And I didn't understand the other side of grief. So I look at it as a gift to go through those bad experiences yeah. because 
it'll help other people. Isn't it so amazing that somebody can come into your life and then leave it, but they yep. somehow unlock something for you? Like you cannot yep. plan or or no. presuppose the sort of karmic entanglements that you have with people. Um, no. You never know what you have to experience in order to balance that karma out. So like when people yeah. think that bad things happen for no reason, that's not true. You could be fulfilling, you know, a karmic debt. You know what I mean? It's crazy because mm-hmm. Quinn and I met on his birthday and we were born 20 minutes apart, one state apart and met in an Irish pub and I gave him a tarot card reading. Mm. Just wow! Right into the bar. At you can't make this shit up. You know you what I'm can't saying? Make this shit up. We're in 20 minutes apart, one year apart, one state apart, and we meet in California of all places. Yeah. So there you go. Life is funny like that. How he breathes. Life is very funny. And I didn't know him for 20 years, but he changed my whole life. Yeah. I didn't get much time with him, but you know these people, they change your life and they impact you on your path. And I do feel like these are predestined soul contracts. Yes, they are. They and are. you know they call it time. boot camp is that important i think connection is instantaneous and you know these people from past life experiences Mm -hmm. oh absolutely like like, you know only flesh you know but and you're seeing them flesh deep so i think you know when it's gonna happen because i always knew i was always worried he was gonna die because my ex sawyer had died four months before him and so I had a really bad feeling about it. And I was like hugging him all the time the last week of his life. And he'd get annoyed. He'd be like, hey, you're giving me too many hugs. But I was like trying to savor every moment. Yeah. Like- I think subconsciously I knew he was going to die. Yeah. And I didn't, his body wasn't found for a few days. So, but I couldn't get a hold of him on the phone. And I just knew he was gone. Like yeah. I just could feel it. Because we, because we were born 20 minutes apart, we had a telepathic connection. Mm-hmm. I could just think his name in my head and then he texts me yeah mm-hmm. or i'd send out a radio signal like okay come on quinn call me like yeah. let me know when you're coming home yeah and i felt like static yeah just like a, it felt like a phone line went dead and then i was like oh shit and then this same song kept playing over and over and over again on pandora and it was the last song we ever listened to oh my god so then i was like okay so then stuff started happening like right away after he passed on. And I mean, I can honestly say that, like, you know, we these experiences, they're not pleasant, but a lot of good can come from it. You can help a lot of people. Yeah. And now I'm helping a lot of other people whose partners have been killed or have passed on yes. in unpleasant ways. Because it's an unusual area that people don't want to talk about. People don't want to talk about death because it makes them scared of their own mortality. So then they push you away because, yeah. and they look at it like a pariah thing. I yeah. think that's what makes me so... Um, enamored by it because it's like I, f- I feel like that's something I have the propensity to do but I think you do too but much like you said like it's scary it's though. scary <laughs> and, and you have to have a certain level of like dedication and yeah. like you like you said you do have to cleanse yourself very deeply and like every day I am a I am a very like I I don't put very much effort into um not that I don't cleanse you know what I'm saying but like I I'm not the kind of person who yeah like I just won't run up and do something because I get the urge to um I I have to like talk myself into it you know what I'm saying like to roll with the I know yeah that's what I'm saying so like but but I I respect the disciplined 
practices because I, I wish yeah. that I had it. You know, I, I, I can inherit a, a bit more discipline. I could stand you should, to. You should. Yeah. And um, I said that like doing the kind of work that you do and that I do, you know, like we both work with people who have been through really yeah. traumatic experiences Absolutely. and Stephanie, Stephanie herself works through a lot of her own and her family's own. I yeah. see her processing the generational shit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So, you know, yeah. but you do help people by sharing your experiences. So yes, maybe you're not getting paid to help mm. people, but like you're still mentoring people or you're still, you know, uh, accompanying people through a, a really difficult leg of their journey, you know, and Absolutely. that's how it started for me too. I was always mm. that person that somebody would call to when they needed like the voice of reason or is that your initiation into your path like do you what do you feel was your initiation oh, into this your is a path? great topic to wrap because up I think, yeah. I think for, for me personally their deaths were my initiation I definitely see that development in you for real I have to agree but with what you. about you but I want to hear about you guys and like do you feel like your illness really pulled you into doing more work on this stuff I would definitely say that my illness would could contribute to being initiation. That being said, I've also gone through things at a young right. age, like um, I'm from a, a home of addiction. And right. there are, you know, other things that went on there. And I also lost a friend close to me at a young age, like tragically. And that was very difficult to overcome at a young age because you don't, you don't expect to lose, you know, when you're a teenager, you don't expect to lose your mm -hmm. friends. You know, no, so it's that horrible. I think for a long time, I, I carried a lot of guilt about like, you know, was I there enough? Was I this? And those were things that I struggled with myself that I beat myself up about so hard because and it became for a long time, I was very shut off because I felt like I deserved to be that way because I wasn't there enough. And it was because of the stuff that I came from, from my home. And you, you had some guilt, it sounds like. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then and then also drugs. It's all related to drugs. Like my yeah. losses were all drug related. And so I just, that became like an ongoing thing in like a, yeah. a motif. That shadow work, in that dark life. And then it started to just feel like I needed more natural connection to like yeah. the earth and mother yeah. nature and spirituality and like I really I wanted to just be grounded I just felt like the world was spinning for so long and I just wanted to feel like I had some sort of control so that was really yeah. that was that like makes you, know, a lot of sense. you know absolutely that does make a hell of a lot of sense yeah. I, I completely resonate with what you're saying yeah. um I know for me like I, I started getting um, like seasonal bronchitis when I was like 16, 17. And I didn't, I wasn't born with asthma. I didn't always have asthma. I grew into it. And by the time I was 18, you know, I needed an inhaler and, you know, um, the seasonal bronchitis was still happening even with having, you know, medicine and everything. Um, I've now healed to the point where I don't have seasonal bronchitis anymore but there's still a lot That's of grief great. stuck in in my heart center you know what i mean um and uh the asthma was was what sort of and it, it was my asthma and i think my first real initiation into my abilities which was many many years ago and i didn't know that it was an initiation 
was when I got my period. When I got my period, I always had, uh, I would get my period and wouldn't get it for three months and then it would come back and then I wouldn't get it for three months. And that's just how it was from the gate. You know what I mean? Like from the gate, it was that way. Um, and I went on birth control. I told you that was a terrible experience for me. I got off of it and I began looking into more natural um, things. And at, and that was right around 20, 2009, 2010. And my grandmother passed away um, in 2009. And I felt like when she passed away, I inherited um, all that was left to uncover, you know, within the family. Like I inherited um, the role of a matriarch, even though I was not the oldest person in the family. I am wow. the wisest, however. Okay. <laughs> And I'm not going to apologize for that. Like, I am very spiritually advanced, you know, for somebody in my family who didn't come from this, you know. Um, right. And I haven't undergone very much mentoring or teaching. Um, I've learned a lot about life through my one-to-one -one relationships as a Libra rising. That's what I expect that I learn the most from my one-to-one -one relationships and being very empathic and just learning that, you know, not everything is what it looks like, you know, trust, trust as much as you can, you know, that, that instinct to push a button when you know something is wrong, you know, mm -hmm. I will always, I'll look at you and I'll be like, what's wrong with you? And like, people are sometimes caught off guard, like, yeah. and then you're like, what, what, what's wrong with me? It's like, oh, you don't know. Yeah. Okay. Somebody did that to me this week. Like I get checked too. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like yeah. somebody did that to me this week. They're like, what's the matter? You look so like um, miserable. <laughs> and, like I appreciated them saying that to me because I did feel a little more down. Um, I did feel like I was doing a lot of things out of in the name of not falling out of a routine that I know that I enjoy. So even though I may not be feeling it, I want to maintain it as a daily routine or a habit or something that I do. I don't want to give up on it because I do that a lot. I give up on things, you know, like, and I, I'm trying to really stick to my guns and, and what makes me feel whole and good. And that was one of my initiations was my grandmother passing and delving into the familial traumas and things like that. And I was just noticing like, I was noticing the sexual abuse in my family. It's like my cousin, my mom, my sister, like, and then my grandmother always would tell me, and, and my mom said, I used to get so fucking mad at her for this, but my grandmother always told me, if a man ever touches you, you need to say something. You need to say something. And she was like, she never said that to us. Like, she didn't say that to any of the other kids. She only said that to you. And I was just like, I don't know what she knew. Because yeah. my grandmother was like a vault of secrets, okay? Yeah. My grandmother yeah. was an Aquarius. She had <laughs> she had dream time premonitions, and they were spot fucking on. And, like, she just knew she knew shit. And she she had that face of so that Mona Lisa face of someone who's just hiding so much shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, when she passed away, that was that was really hard for me. And then my aunt... Um, my aunt who became like my grandmother after she passed away, then she passed away. And um, I was getting very close with her. And it was it was almost like I had my grandmother again, because they were very tight with one another. Uh, my aunt was a Taurus, just like me. And she always saw something in me. She's like, you're very special. And you're so smart. But like, 
it, I knew that I wasn't smart, like book smart, not that I'm stupid or anything, but like, mm-hmm. I just don't retain educational things unless it means something to me, you know, like it touches <laughs> upon a past life or like, I just don't fucking remember shit. Things come and things go. And I, and I don't feel sorry about that anymore. You know what? I used to feel really bad yeah. about that. I don't fucking feel bad about that anymore. Do you know how much energy I channel at any given time? So much so that I don't even fucking know that I'm doing it. Like, I'm not surprised that I don't retain, you know, third dimensional bullshit, you know? And you're working while you're sleeping, too. Yeah, that, too. I'm always busy in the astral, too, so I never get a fucking break, to be honest. You never get a rest. No. That's probably why you don't like to do. That's probably, like, why you like to be still. That is exactly why I like to be still during the day, because that's the only place I feel like I have control over what I'm doing. Once I go to sleep, that's it. I'm somewhere else. I'm doing something else. I live, like, five different lives consecutively. (laughs) Like, the the astral realm is showing me that I have many different realities that are playing out at once and um not all of them My are mind. not all of yeah. them are peaches and cream honey because hard- <laughs> this, this one hardly is okay so it's like, <laughs> like this one is hardly decorated you know what I mean <laughs> so, Oh my god. I feel you, girl. That's why I stopped. I shut off the I spent a little time in the astral world and I was like, you know what? I this can't is too feel, fucking much. I cannot be <laughs> present in this life with that because this I'm life struggling. So I'm hard. struggling. Like, I just it, I, when I come here, when I come back here, I'm not here. I'm not here. So I love being there because I'm a Pisces moon yes. in North you can Pisces. Total, you can totally dissolve into that. that I'm not. Never that on my ascendant. You want to be there. The That's problem. like cold. But then I have to come back down here and I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was in a little rendezvous with a Pisces in the astral world that mm-hmm. I knew in the physical world. And it was becoming very difficult. <laughs> It's funny Dude, this man we met recently. this person because I'm like you don't I don't even know if you know like what I know like or oh, or if you're just also acting like this because you don't know if I know what you know um, like I think that's you, more than likely the case that both of you are pretending like the other one doesn't know yeah well if you're yeah yeah maybe so well it doesn't but if, exist for <laughs> I'm not living there no more so oh. Yeah, Pisces are a different kettle of fish, huh? Oh, yeah. But apparently, like, a no couple... pun intended. <laughs> yeah, well, they're supposed to be, like, a like prime match for me, but I don't know. I feel like... With the Aries moon? I don't know about that. I don't, I, it's a, I don't know. I don't have... I've never had one, like, physically in my in my life to even compare. I feel like I typically tend to be compatible with, like, um, like Capricorns. I think you need more um, grounded energy for, like, your water energy. And, like, sensitive sensitive men are difficult when you're the sensitive one. It's like there's only room for one of us here, you know? I also have that fire, and I have no patience. Yeah, I know. I can't. I can't. I don't like masculine women at all. I'm not attracted to them. I I like them feminine, sensitive, or androgynous. No. I, I can I could deal with the androgynous. Like I could do with I, I can want, do the I don't androgynous. Want a big beefcake guy telling me what to do. Oh, I don't like that either. Oh, that, yeah, that's no, like no. the uh Oh no, thank you. I don't yeah, like no, that no. either. No, yeah, you, you have, have to listen to football playing in my house. No, no. That that's not that's not it's my idea of masculine clothes. either. Oh no. Yeah, no. no. I mean masculine <laughs> as in like 
some things are your problem. Some things yes. are problems. Yeah, yeah. Are no problem. You know what I'm like saying? <laughs> There's not a constant transference yes. of trauma. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like that's, that's exactly funny. that's exactly what I mean. Well, if you disassociate a lot, that can also <laughs> indicate that you like spend a lot of time in the astral plane. I disassociate I constantly. <laughs> this guy I just met told me that. He met me and he's like, you disassociate a lot and really well. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank you. And it's, it's like, okay. You know, well, no, I took a moment that he could tune into that, that he took the time. To actually pay attention and be sensitive enough to I, I agree. I agree. That is really good. He actually cares a lot if he says that. So I actually appreciated feedback. Dan knows, knows me now. and He it, knows I'm a medium and he knows that I'm half here, half there. Exactly. He that, he's a good friend and it's cool. That's a great, very strong person. Like, to, you know what I mean? That's rare. That is very rare. So that's like a, a gem to hold on to, like a friend, a person in your life that's like this. Because yeah. they're like, they're so rare. It really is. It's un- it is hard to for find somebody who just there, gets right? you like yeah. that yeah. is that, you know, that that so is rare. pretty rare. Dan, rare. Dan sees me disassociating. I, I tell him in the middle, I feel it. I feel myself like leaving yeah. myself. And, and I'm dead looking in another direction and I cannot break eye contact from yeah. what I'm looking at. And yeah. I just like zone out and I'm like, I, I hear you. I cannot address you. Like I, I hear that. you. I can't address you. Let me come back. And then I come back yeah. and I'm like, okay, what were we saying? Yeah. And like, I never fully left the room, but my consciousness just got like dragged somewhere else where <laughs> I can't even fucking tell you. It ha- it happens and I won't even be thinking about anything. And I was always really good at daydreaming as a kid. Yeah. yeah. I was a spacey little son of a bitch. You wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that from a Taurus child. You would think I'm like, you know, like so- grounded. Taurus is the least grounded of all the earth signs, I think. I feel like we're like this, the space cadets of the earth signs. Virgos can be pretty neurotic though. Yeah, they're Pi- Pisces is their opposite, so they could definitely be right. fucking neurotic. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> they, could, they could definitely be fucking neurotic. They overthink stuff mm-hmm. a lot of times. Yeah. Logos, yeah, yeah. But they're very, they're very fastidious. I, you want to get shit done, get yourself a Virgo. You know what I mean? Oh, like no. you need to get something done, get yourself. You want to get something done that you're okay with giving up control <laughs> over. Get yourself a Virgo. <laughs> that's why I feel like I can't. The, the, I'll tell you what bothers me about a Virgo and a Virgo partnership. Oh, no. I cannot stand that like aloofness and that like, like I kind of feel like everyone that I've ever encountered, it's kind of like a yeah, 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 because you're going to do whatever the fuck you want to do anyway. So like yeah. you're just going to do of this conversation with me, but I'm really talking to myself and I cannot stand that. I cannot stand that. <laughs> I, I feel like that's that's the recurring thing I see when I encounter burgers because we meet on a lot of levels, but then you start doing that and I'm like, we're not having a conversation anymore. You're patronizing me like I'm your child and you're going to oh, do what you shit, want to do yeah. anyway. We do that. And they really do that. Yeah, and I'm like, I see you doing it. And, they're, and they're, they're literally literally plotting in their mind how much yeah. they're not going not to listen gonna to do. you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, like, 
at all your imperfections. Yes, yes. <laughs> I had a Virgo come up to me and say, you've got that run in your stocking. <laughs> he was this Russian guy and he's like, your tights have a hole in them. You need to fix that with nail polish. And I was like 15 years old. My parents were throwing some event that they invited him to as a guy. Oh and he like comes up to this underage child and he's commenting on my clothing and like, my tights and he's like examining all my flaws i'm like that is so that really is like it's not even fair it's like not even no but you want to know something though um they're good at getting shit done they're good at getting shit done for real and and my cancer my cancer energy is it you know it it pretty much is very similar to my Taurus energy. I tell Leo all the time. I some can't, sometimes can't tell the difference between my Cancer energy and Taurus energy. Yeah. They feel I, yeah, very much the same. You seem a lot like a Cancer to me. I am Cancer, Mars, Venus, uh, South Node, Chiron, Midheaven. Yeah, I, I can really. I think that. um I think I'm a Draconic twenty nine degree Cancer. Yeah. I feel more like a Pisces. I, 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 you probably really are. Like, do you, I mean, you have strong really Pisces look, placements? I look more like a Pisces because Neptune's on my Senate and my Moon's in yes. Pisces, and I've, yes. and I've got asteroids and other planets in Pisces. I have Sarah's on my ascendant, which is Libra. Yeah, so nice. I feel like I have such a weird position because sometimes I feel so much like a Scorpio. But sometimes I really don't feel like a Scorpio. And when I, and like, I feel like I have a lot of those traits and I've encountered people in the past that have told me you're the most like un-Scorpio Scorpio I've ever Probably met. the Aries moon and the Pisces rising. Say, but sometimes, oh, yeah. sometimes I really feel like that Sag energy exists so heavily in my personality. Wait, Not, what do you I, have in your ninth house? Scorpio and Sagittarius. Oh, yeah. Your son's in the ninth house? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then you would feel like a Sag sometimes. I you do really feel, not all the time, because there's a lot of Sagittarius. Like, I have friends that are Sagittarius. I love them. I get along great. But they have aspects that yeah, are yeah. not like me. But so often, sometimes, I find myself weighing things yes. like the way a Sagittarius would weigh. They're dualistic. They're half horse, half yes. human. Yes. Like I, I'm not Scorpio are so black and white and I feel like I live in so much gray. Like things are not just like that. That being said, I don't yeah. trust anybody. I'm very guarded. I'm off. I'm not emotional. My emotions are very toned down. I'm very sexually driven. I That is all very Scorpio-esque. But at the same time, like I really don't feel like I'm just that. I really don't. Right. That's proof that one shouldn't define themselves just by their sun sign alone. Nope. You know what I'm saying? No, there's a whole chart and you have to look at how the planets are aspecting and how yeah. the energies. Uh, that's what I'm not great with. I'm not great with yeah, aspects. And you've got to look at the synodic cycles and the archetypes. Do they have Venus retrograde? Do they have Mars retrograde in their chart? Like, there's a lot of Greek mythology aspects to astrology that you have to look at. Yeah, I wish I understood better. I think that's where it starts to lose me. Yeah. I start getting confused. And I'm like, like yeah. Pluto, you think of like Hades and Persephone. Yeah. Yeah. No, you and I, I resonate very much with Persephone. Persephone um, yeah. I I think a lot of I think a lot of us do. It's it's yeah. the it's the anybody who's a survivor. <laughs> anybody who's an abuse survivor definitely <laughs> understands. You know, especially people, especially people who make friends with their abuse. Like yes. you know, 
Um, or if their mother is their perpetrator. I was yeah, that too. Just going to say, mm-hmm. anyone that's got a, a fancy for toxicity, like I just don't even know why I find it so beautiful when people are all damaged and messed up. It's almost like that attracts my eye. But I was talking to Dan the other day, and my my favorite character in the the I was never an anime person, but mm. I, I fell in love with the few, and um, it's called My Hero Academia, and and it's about oh, humans who have evolved, and something happened to their genetics, and they all developed quirks. So like really special superpowers you know and this one kid wasn't born with any and in a society where everyone has one you know so um but he was able to inherit one um so there are rare circumstances where one can be inherited uh but there is this one there is this one episode um i mean there's this one character his name is uh bakugo and he's just mm-hmm. this angry to- he's a to- like they if you google like zodiac <laughs> signs of tv shows they'll break shit down and he's a taurus and they he's do. angry i love that he's tour i have to i have taurus in my seventh yeah. house so i like taurus and i just can't be with one but like they're yeah. so attractive you guys would be butting heads all the much. time <laughs> all the time all the me and my stepfather fought all the fucking time and we're both tauruses like me and him we're fought all the fucking and i yo oh. i i know this is gonna sound kind of toxic but like this was back <laughs> in the, this is kind of like back in the day though you know what i mean so i can't be held against me um they were young they, yeah they're <laughs> I I would like hit a man before a woman any day. You know what I mean? Like, and 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 not because I wasn't afraid to get hit back. It was just like circumstantial. Like something would happen, and I would just go in. Like I would just go into action. Like one time, like my ex boyfriend was getting jumped, and like I jumped into like a pile of men, not having any idea of the outcome. You know what I mean? Like. when i when i like get into survival mode like i get into survival mode like you know so (laughs) but but this one character is very like angry he can't do anything but be angry he yells all the time he just can't oh my god he's just but i have a soft spot for it and i'm like you toxic bitch (laughs) have you seen inuyasha the show I, ha- I haven't, but I've heard of it. He's I- a Taurus too. He's a Taurus Aries, and he's always yelling and angry, but he's got a heart of gold. That's me. And those are the ones that are <laughs> the, the tough nuts to crack, right? Yeah. They just melt your heart. They do. They do. You do. Challenge. You're just like, but Cancer Energy likes to do it. Cancer Energy likes to break people down. They oh like my to, God, do they ever. They like oh to love God. you. Scorpio like to build you back up when you're broken. Yes. Scorpio. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, Scorpio like to fix broken projects and find the beauty. In the I always there. said that Scorpio likes their like little monster the pet projects. They oh, like yeah. their little monster Scorpio pet projects. So I have never met another person other than myself that has a better track record for men that need therapy. Like, <laughs> like they can smell me from a mile away. I'm telling you, know, I'm a bit of a writer. Like I dabble yeah. in writing, like for years. Yeah. I, I literally, I kid you not. My favorite quote that I ever wrote came out of nowhere because I literally one day I was having a conversation with someone and it just came out of me. I was like, I am the place where all the demons come to dwell, but I'm not their queen because they all use me up 
to heal their damage, toss me to the side, and then they're like the king for their next partner. Like you can get married, right? That's exactly that's exactly what happened. My my last boyfriend, my last boyfriend. You know, me and him broke up, and like when it's time to go, it's very easy for me to let go because chances are I should have done it a while ago, and I waited. Right? Yeah. So by the time I let go. I have no second guesses. I won't even think about you in about 24 hours. You know what I mean? Like, don't fuck with me. Like, once once I turn off, like, I turn off, you're in trouble. You know what I mean? You're in trouble. None of my exes ever try to talk to me. They know it is not a revolving door. Like, if you even try to fucking talk to me, like, I will make you sorry. I'll make you very, very sorry that you... I just won't even ignore... I'll pretend like you're dead. I won't I even ignore say, you. I can ignore someone so hard, they'll question their existence. They'll question their mortality, I right? Of, I won't even answer you. I won't say another word. I'm a ghost. It's like they're dead to you. It yes. Like you might as well have... Dead one, but it's... It, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, done, that's it. But this is the difference with the Scorpio because it takes me a long time to feel any type of thing towards you. So once I do, I will tolerate shit for yeah, longer than I should. for a Scorpio because they give 110% and they're so loyal. And if you screw them over, man, you're in trouble. You will be, you are in big trouble. Oh, you will be sure. from your wrath. Right. And they don't forget anything. Oh, ever. never. They are vindictive. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I don't, I don't, t- I don't, t- I don't step on Scorpio's toes. Like, I respect respect that they give a lot and that's why i love scorpios because they make the best of friends like you have to give 100 percent. they're ride or die a hundred you have to at least meet them halfway if not a hundred percent and that's what i i say this literally in and if you would do that to a scorpio then they don't deserve a scorpio they're not worthy of them then. i say this in relationships when i'm getting into when i'm talking to new people with friends with everything you will I get out of me exactly what you give to me. So if you reach mm-hmm. out to me, I'll reach out to you. If I care about you, I'll do anything for you. If I don't hear from you, you will never hear from me again. If you treat me like I'm disposable, you will never hear from me again. I will sleep like a baby because I am not going to spread myself too thin for anyone that doesn't You're not gonna play the game anymore doesn't do it for me because i yeah. know what i bring to the table and it's your loss not mine and most of us we endure the most abuse from like the people closest to us too yep. so like mm-hmm. when when like accessory people and not to say that somebody isn't important to you but like I when like acquaintances like people who are, mm-hmm. are just accessories to you they're not yeah. integral you know pieces in your story you know when they act like they could just treat you a certain kind of way like oh yeah oh okay oh <laughs> i'll ooh. show you <laughs> <laughs> oh you're gonna feel the sting oh man you're gonna feel the sting oh god oh, just just recently i i was you know telling leah i had to you know block somebody on all of my social medias and um, in her mind, she probably has no fucking idea why this is happening. You know what I mean? Like she probably has no fucking idea why this is happening. And there are just some people that you can't tell them about themselves because they are so fundamentally wrapped up in the image that they've created that even when they think they're being real or like they want to self-correct, 
they're not doing it for the right reasons. They're doing no. it for appearances sake. And, you know, she right. straight up told me that she hasn't done any shadow work. And I was like, what? And she was How like, no, I can't, I, I can't, I can't do, I just can't, oh, I can't man. dedicate the time to that because I'm, I'm, I'm just really busy working on creating my mentorship. And I was like, without shadow work, How you can't be a mentor without doing shadow work because all your your protege are gonna completely trigger your shadows. Shadow, and absolutely. And guess what? I triggered this. And then they're gonna end up just sleeping with their students, probably, right? Well, she's married. Um, well, I'm not talking about not her. That, I mean, yeah, but other people, so most other definitely. Situations. Other people, most definitely. That happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. So you know that and that power dynamic. Yeah, and and mm-hmm. there was just something that was. I felt like she. Um, used the experiences that I told her in confidence as material for her like teaching moments and I get that we all kind of do that like we see people do shit on Facebook and then we'll make a post about it right and we'll pretend like we're not talking about them you know what I mean like I get it I get it Stealing someone's intellectual material or their ideas. Well, it, it wasn't so much that she was stealing my ideas. She was taking the circumstance and using it as a way to be like, oh, you're not in alignment if this is what's going on with you. Like, I, I just got, back on yeah, you. I just got my new puppy. And then she made a post about like, well, people usually get pets when they're self-sabotaging. And then she, she made, yeah, and then she made, what? That's, that's not true. true. People get pets when they're either going through a hard time or yeah. they're trying to test. Animals are extremely emotionally supporting. People I know, but she, but but this person, this person wouldn't know that. Oh this person God. wouldn't know that. I mean, if you were like 15 years old and adopted five dogs, I could see her saying, <laughs> "Okay, maybe you're a little young to adopt five dogs, <laughs> and maybe you're But you're a grown ass woman, almost 30 years old. Yeah, no. You have um, a home." Yeah. yeah. A stable life. I don't think it's a big deal if you get a dog. It's not. <laughs> and and I just I knew right then and there that like she she thought that I wouldn't know, but like I knew. And then I would start saying oh, things and then I would start saying things that were actually very triggering to her because <laughs> because like mm, <laughs> sis <laughs> Once you get me to fucking open that library, you're being read for fucking filth. Don't make me take out the books. Don't make me take out my library card. Don't make me do it because once I open my mouth and I get mad and and I have to tell the truth, it's going to be a very cutting truth. You know what I'm saying? Um, and and you're not going to like it because you can't keep up with me. Yeah, Hell you just yeah. You you can't keep up with me. You can't. You know. You just can't. And um, I don't forget things. You know. I have I I have my son in Scorpio's house. I don't forget things. Yeah. I I don't forget little like digs you take at me. You know. Yeah. I'll fuck. I recall every single I was one of say, them. I have a mental pile of decks of. I call them attempted digs because you ain't throwing. Digs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're really yeah, yeah. You're aggravating. You're aggravating the soil. You didn't just yeah. you didn't dig me. Yeah. You know and the what fact I mean? The matter is because like my temperament, I could stay cool for yeah. quite a while. Yeah, for quite me a while. Yeah. But once if if you're gonna pour, that's my whole philosophy. If you're gonna push me to the point that I'm aggravated, you deserve everything you're about to get. Because I can yeah. be so cool until you poke me 
and then you're going to be sorry. Like, learn to pick your battles and learn when it's you and not the other person. People love to project their shit. It Mm. shouldn't be triggering to someone else seeing you get an animal or seeing you something. Why is it that you feel that's the problem? Oh, Maybe I know. I just, I will not say, I will not that. say it on air right now. you got to like, be a little careful. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, but that person, the reason I even got onto that topic was because I had to block that person from all of my social medias yeah. because I would feel yeah. her come yeah. into my consciousness and stare at me. Just yeah. stare at me. Yeah. And I was like, this is fucking creepy. This is really creepy. Yeah. And like, yeah. um... Like a vampire, like, like an energy it, vampire. She, that's exactly yeah. what it was. You know, when people don't do their shadow work, they have lots of entities on them too. Oh, so yeah, they're you know, and to everything. Exactly, they're open to everything, and yeah. and that's why, you know, I'm very weary of people who can give you like paragraphs of the conversations that they have with spirits because, um, or like divine energies because I know spirit or divine energies to speak plainly they just they speak not that they can't give you details but if they're speaking like 12 pages of paragraphs to you like 12 pages of notes to you i i feel like there's a bit of projection in there or perhaps it's not as high a source as you think it is um it's really circumstantial but if you haven't done your shadow work and you're communicating with only light beings, I, I have a lot of difficulty believing that that's the case, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And she's a, you know, that person is a Pisces, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, <laughs> there can be a very shadowy. Um, oh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, my, my friend had had looked at her natal chart and was like, she owes you a karmic debt. Mm. She owes you a karmic debt. And I was like, Pay up. Mm. Pay up. Second half for us. You know, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for my karmic debt to be repaid. (laughs) Stick it back in my karma bank. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) give it back. Taurus, the second house values possessions. Yes, yes. And um that's so funny. You know, she she said that like you killed me in a past life, and and I was like, I probably did. Um I I am proud. I listen. I can't change the past, so all I can do is be proud of my conviction. Right? That's all I can do. I'm not gonna feel fucking oh, bad man. about it. Like, oh, and and let me tell you the reason I don't feel bad about it. She said that I I I killed her over shoes. Well, no 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 no. See, I don't I don't believe I don't believe that because I tuned into that a little bit more. And I realized I killed her because she was kind of doing that like Piscean, silver screen, starlet, I'm crazy, psychotic, always in my next acting role, always coming (laughs) up with my next scheme, never thinking practically, like really mentally (laughs) ill, very mentally ill. And she was, she was actually putting me and my, and everyone I knew in danger. And I I had to dispose of her before all of us got killed. So I, I had to make the sacrifice to kill her because she was fucking psychotic. If I could do it again in this lifetime, I, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, but God, God damn, God damn would I be, t- be tempted, you know what I mean? Like, there's some, there are some times you just want to put people out of their misery, you know what I mean? Like, 
you don't want to do your shadow work and you don't want to be checked but you say you do that's an infuriating combination because it's like you you want to trust that they want to know but you know the moment you disclose to them all the negative shit that you see you know they're gonna hate you forever so it's oh, like yeah. or they'll use it as a weapon against you right use it as a weapon against you me. Me oh you're, so you're just on. projecting oh you have you're demonic <laughs> or but bitch i'm just gonna unfriend you and block you <laughs> like, i'm not i'm not gonna have this conversation with you so demonic. i love you know, that you That's know what I'm crazy. saying? They immediately, especially when they're like, she once warned me about some being somebody being a dark witch. And like, I, I came to understand it's like, that's you. It's not anybody <laughs> else. That's you, you know? And, um, but our energies are actually very deeply entwined. And like, I've asked for protection. Like I've taken the salt baths. I've spent, you know, spent time with my crystals and, there's still a connection that's there. So there are some things that only God can really intervene in, to be honest. Like there are just some connections that have to take its natural course. You know what I mean? And like, I, this goes back to what we were talking about before. We don't know what people are supposed to be to us in our lives. And I, I said that to her at one point. Um, right. I felt her getting disappointed with how the connection was turning out. And I said to her, I said, you cannot presuppose what somebody is meant to be in your life. I understand you have plans, but it doesn't always work that way. And, um, you know, I, I tried to appeal. I tried to like subtly, you know, slip it in. And it just it, either she was taking it and she was just getting increasingly infuriated with me. But then then it was a silent um game. You know, she like iced me out, which is fine. Yeah, because I, I blocked myself from seeing her posts and, you know, all that other shit. And That's she would like everybody else's stuff but mine, which is great. But she was watching me, though. That was the problem. Was That's that she, really predatory, actually. It, it, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, at, doing that—that's not cool. It's, it's not, it's not. And like, even talking about it is like taking my breath away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So that always tells me that there's like a really heavy, you know, den- heavy energy there. Um. That could be demonic, actually. It, it really could be. It could be. Um. But it, it's, it's, it's sort of crazy. This is. This is the journey that, you know, I have found myself on where I encounter some really beautiful people, like people such as yourselves. And then I encounter some very contrary energies, like, you know, wolves oh, and yeah. sheep, wolves in sheep clothing. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, and a lot of this, a lot of us encounter this because we're meant to learn how to use our discernment, but you can't Absolutely. protect yourself from everything. Certain things are karmically linked and you have no choice but to deal with them for you, it's your partner's dying. And like, for me, it was my, you know, my closest, you know, female mentors dying, you know, my grandmother's always played a more pivotal role in my life than I I feel my mother did. Um, And that's not that's not to say that my mom wasn't my mom. It's just, I don't know why I felt so much more maternal energy from my grandmothers than I did from my mother. So when I lost my one grandmother, it was like, me and my mom felt orphaned, you know what I mean? And that was, yeah. And, and that was, I, I always, you know, wanted her to see me grow. And when she passed away, I was just like, okay, well, I didn't understand, you know what I mean? I didn't really under, I wasn't, 
that was me being cracked open for my awakening. And, and it's been a slow, steady process from 2009 until now. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like that's fucking 12, ye- 11 years now. Like it's been a very, very slow process for me. And, but much like Stephanie, you just feel like something's happening, something's shifting, something's opening. And that's really why we're here right now. So I think this is a really good time to just, you know, send gratitude for everyone who's going yeah. to listen, who's going to yeah, for sure. who's going to spend their time with us, who's going to hear us talk about ridiculous things. Um, oh. You know, this one was a, a mixture of heavy and lighthearted and playful and cheeky. And that's really my vibe. You know what I mean? Like, that's really my vibe. I could be a little bit of anything I need to be in the moment, you know? Um and I, I, I really appreciate you guys um, wanting to do this, you know, with me. I don't consider this to be my project at all. I, I would really love for you two to adopt this as your own sort of baby too, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really just want to, I really just want to have these conversations with people who are willing to talk about difficult things, who are willing to. <laughs> hold space for more difficult things, who are willing to call out and speak on more difficult things and to do so with pride and 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 no fear. You know what I mean? Like we don't have a reason to fear our traumas or the things that we've been through. You know, um, it, it, it has empowered us to help other people, to empower them as well, to teach them how to empower themselves. That's really what it is. Like, we don't do anything to fix anyone, right? We do it to teach them so that they can self-sustain, self-soothe, you know, um, perceive more deeply through themselves and, and not self-destruct. And not yeah. self-destruct. And this this podcast, yeah. I don't want it to be something you just listen to while you're folding laundry, although you can, please by all means. <laughs> but like but I want this to to I want our energies to sort of open yours and expand yours and I want you to start thinking about things a little bit differently and don't think that because we think this way that we don't or haven't experienced the opposite because we have. Mm -hmm. That's how we came to our Mm -hmm. conclusions. We started in one place and we ended up here. That's something that a lot of people tend to project onto spiritual people. And I I did air quotes for those who can't see us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, that is something that's often projected onto spiritual people where it's like, well, you should see it from my perspective. Bitch, I lived there for 20-something fucking years. Why don't you see something from a different perspective? Don't tell. I already shifted. I already did the shifting. What have you done? Yeah. What have, what you, have do- you done? What have you done? You know, like, you literally, you literally think what the general consensus thinks. So why am I the one who needs to change? Don't you yeah. think if I... Don't you think it's if I'm the one condition them? Right. Yeah. Don't you think if that's I'm the one that's if we're the ones that are on the fringe, don't you think we've existed where you've existed yeah. before? Like do you maybe think that's, it, it's maybe that's great of that? We are there and we escape it because <laughs> we become enlightened. You know, I say all the time, you just can't unsee some shit. Once you start seeing things, it's like walking around in a world of people asleep. Yeah. Like everybody's and I think that's why Adriana picked the name, the Token Priestess Podcast. Yeah. I think this kind of ties into why she chose sure. that name. Maybe you would wouldn't mind sharing with everybody. Oh why. yeah, absolutely. So all this program that name. 
So the Token Priestess podcast was really, um, it was... It was just something I thought of. I'm really good at naming things, by the way. So, like, if you're having trouble naming your children, you can reach out to me. I'll pick some really nice names out. Okay? I just got to plug myself there like that. It's it's a very uh, hidden talent, so to speak. And taking out knots. I love to take knots out of things. I'm really good at it. That's a thing. Anyway, does that... I, li- I like a fucking problem, don't I, right? So... <laughs> I like a fucking problem. That's really what it is, right? Oh, so I chose <laughs> I chose the Token Priestess podcast because, you know, all of us are, you know, fans of cannabis. Leah has been a, a grower for, what, over 10 years? Yeah. Um, you know, and you use it medicinally and you help people who are chronically ill or even terminally ill. Um, you help people who are struggling with a lot of shit. You know, and you're also a medium and you dabble in the more um, profane aspects of life, the more the more taboo, right? Because that's where we need the most healing. Um, it is. But the people who are closest to us, we're just sort of like token magical people. You know, we're just sort of like convenient when they need, you know, to know what, what what's going on with their relationship there that they're not even really in but they don't take you seriously in any other aspect. You know what I mean? So we're not the mainstream, right? We're not the mainstream. And, and, um, we sometimes make the environment seem very well-rounded just with our presence alone, you know? Um, and then toke is also, uh, you know, a term for smoking weed and we all like to do that. And we all like to, you know what I mean? Like that was really, what it well, that's really what it was so the and I, I consider myself to be a priestess I consider anybody that I know who dabbles in their magic work and anybody who extensively goes through shadow work you're you're a priestess whether you've been initiated or not you know I I, I wouldn't call myself it like publicly always if I haven't you know right done. it's not like you're Oven yes. and you went to some ceremony and you're following a pack of people. Yeah. Yes. You're doing things on your own terms. You can recognize that you do priestess-like work, but you don't have to like use it as an accolade by any means. Like I was right. I was initiated, so I can call, you know, I feel like I can yeah. I've earned it, you know. Um, but you don't have to. And I, I consider yeah. the two of you to be people that I would consider to be priestesses dabbling in your shadow work. That is the high priestess. It's, it is bringing what is dark into the light and what is light into the dark and being able to sort of come from the space of observance and, and non-reaction, you know, like you have to be a certain kind of person to do that. And, um, the world needs more of us, you know, um, the world needs more people who are, who are less reactionary and and more responsive you know what I mean so this this podcast was something that the two of you presented me sort of with individually and I said why not just all fall under one umbrella and it'll make shit interesting and it it I don't regret that at all like that's been like the best idea I feel like I've had in a fucking while you know and And I, I just really appreciate the two of you being so willing because I know for me, the feminine wound runs really deep and I'm not always willing to work with other women because other women tend to be very intimidated by me. And, and I don't walk into a room looking to be intimidated by other people. So like, 
I'm just like, wow, where does this come from? You know, like, where does this come from? And I think all three of us are very alpha females. Yeah. So we don't have to compete. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. We're on the same plane. I feel that way though, because I do tend to have trouble working with women frequently. Like this is the first time I've ever engaged in something like this with two other women. And like and it's such a positive. Because it's probably the first time where it's been like a, a mature enough space in which yes. for you to do so. The vibrations like between the yeah. dynamic of us are, are very strong. Like it doesn't we're like we're not competing with each other. Like exactly. we're, we're not over time. I have nothing that I need to take from you. No, like exactly um there there is there is this energy and and you know what I think this is a really good place to sort of leave almost like a cliffhanger you know what I mean um let us let yeah stay tuned let us ponder let us ponder on all the ways people in your life have taken from you when you were already freely giving it to them and how that made you feel because this is a theme that I'm recognizing is coming up in my life where I'm already giving somebody compassion and they demand more Mm. I'm already giving somebody love and they demand it a certain way Mm. I'm already giving someone you know my time and they demand it in a certain way or x amount of it and that is that is a boundary thing but I yeah. have pretty tight boundaries, which is what's funny to me um, because it's not really personal. This person walks around every day in their life doing this. You know what I mean? Um, or these people, so to speak. So there, yeah. there is this everywhere in the world, somebody has a sense of entitlement for something. And mm-hmm. if you haven't began doing your shadow work, that is a really good place to start. Um, where do yeah, you think- feel entitled? Um, and when it comes to talking about your pain or your traumas, where do you go? But I, but me, but because when you're doing that, you're blaming and you're saying, well, I'm more important because my feelings are hurt. Chances are somebody else's feelings are hurt too. You just wouldn't know because you don't want to see yourself as somebody who could intentionally harm somebody. The thing is, though, is that unintentionally, we harm a lot of people. And that's something that you have to learn um, as a a spiritual individual, as a human. Um, You will sometimes inadvertently harm people. And you will have to take ownership of that. I have done things to help people and realized and had to really realize that I was harming them with my nurturing um, because that's not what they needed. And people think that because they do something good, that means that it's not bad. And that's not true. Yeah. Um, that's just oh, not yeah. true. You know, uh, a lot of us mm-hmm. have like the mommy thing. So I got a mommy mm-hmm. people. That is certainly something I have. Um, oh, yeah. I, I'm really good at mommying everybody else uh, but myself. <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> So let that let that statement really sink in with you where it's like, I've had to show myself that like, I over give to other people because I under give to myself, you know, and um, that's, that's a big aspect of shadow work. And that's somewhere where you can begin, you know, a lot of us fall into that archetype. And Maybe Absolutely. you don't overgive. Maybe you shield yourself from people. Well, why do you shield yourself from people? Mm-hmm. Yes, people have proven to you that you can't trust them, blah, blah, blah. But, right. But it's because you don't trust yourself. I was just going to say, why do you feel that you need <laughs> to, you know, 
that you need to hold trust like into such a regard that you know they you have to be yeah. able to secu- to be secure in your own decisions to not be so affected by other people's decisions yeah that's and what is about them that's triggering you that's unresolved exactly. in yourself like exactly what is it that why and where in your body are you feeling it when you're getting oh triggered? lord yes that is oh what you really need to pay attention to when you're doing shadow work yes. and when you mix intimacy with shadow work it can become extremely dangerous. Yes, it can. Because your body will literally absorb all of that negative energy. Because you don't know the difference between, is this a betrayal bond? Is this a trauma bond? Or is this shadow work? Or is this person just activating my shadow? Is this person my soulmate? Or are they just triggering something because they remind me of some addict parent of mine? Or they're reminding you of some lesson that hasn't been resolved. Yeah. So if you don't do your shadow work, you're going to keep repeating the same adult relationships you've been having the last 10 years. Yeah. I've met 50 year olds and 43 yes. year olds who have not changed. They never went to therapy. They never did the shadow work. They did the same kind of person over and over and over again. And then they come crying to me about why their life's a pile of shit <laughs> and why they have to start over again. And I told them, well, why do you keep picking the same woman or the same man? Well, there's a reason. Maybe you should think about that. This is because a perfect topic. And then people call it that their picker is broken. Well, it's really, you didn't do your shadow work. Yeah. Like a whole, like we could do literally a whole episode on shadow work <laughs> and relationships because literally people oh don't God. even, it's taken me years to realize that like, People don't date their parents. Think. They date their brothers. Oh, God. We yeah. are oh, God. Like, yes. Yes. Oh. We yes. versions of their archetypes oh, or their it's crazy it is crazy it, it is crazy um and and there's <laughs> like we need to definitely keep note um of all of the things that we're like even just throwing out there randomly because these yeah. alone make for like three hour Can episodes I'm- probably oh, yeah. you know what i mean so how long do we want to go <laughs> um right well we're just about at two and a half hours okay um so i think I think at two and a half hours, like we're, you know, yeah, we can stop. So, um, you know, again, I was just thanking you guys for like doing this with us. And and this is our first episode. So it is so unconventional. It is not um, going to be perfect by any means. Like, and and it's not not scripted. scripted. And that's not how I roll. And you'll never get that from me. And I refuse to be so neat because that's what everybody else would do. Um, and we're token, and, right? Yeah, and we're token, and we're we're, <laughs> and, we're Mavericks, we're the Robin Hood, exactly. And that doesn't always look pretty. And no. um, these conversations, though, are are something that. But healing's not pretty. Healing no. is not pretty. No, it isn't. It's not pretty, and it's real. And you need real, genuine support systems to to aid you and to to sort of hold you sometimes on your journey and. There are so many people who are not on their spiritual journey who will just patronize it. Oh, you're thinking too much into it. Oh, you're just thinking too much about it. Oh, you're being dramatic. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And a lot of people, you know, gaslight you very unintentionally by saying, oh, you made that up. Oh, you're just being dramatic. And then then you're like, no, did you not see the same thing that I saw? Did you not feel the same thing that I saw that I felt? Like what – where was the disconnect between what I experienced and what you experienced? Mm-hmm. Why is mine so much more complex, whereas yours is so one-dimensional, you know? And and that that right. happens. To, I was always the dramatic one. Always, oh, I always yeah. had a but fucking problem. Yours, 
But was it your drama? No. Or was it your families? Or were you carrying somebody else's drama? And then people are saying you're the one being dramatic. Oh, I've been uh, all of all of the above. You're an empath. Yeah. yeah. And somebody else's feelings. Right. It was all of the above. It was all of the above. You know what I'm saying? It was my it was my own shit. It was other people's shit. It was everyone's shit. You know what I'm saying? Like it was it was all the three fucking things. Yeah, yeah. So this is um this is just a really profound time with the, that we live in. People who, you know, um that I I never used to see, you know, talk about positive things are, you know, as rudimentary as it is, are now talking about like protect your peace and and protect your vibe and like you the world I didn't I didn't see this coming from you three years ago. So you all can tell yourself that you're not spiritual, but you're lying. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. we're, we're seeing this collective shift and like, how do you think that happens? Do you think everybody fucking wrote each other a fucking email and was like, <laughs> Oh, we're just, gonna, we're just going to be fucking shifting right now. So like, you're going to be fighting with your family and like, that's what we're going to do. That's we didn't, we, we didn't communicate, we didn't communicate about this. Like this, this is a, 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 a very synchronistic happening, you know, a very synchronistic and, and collective goings on, you know what I mean? Like the triple goddesses. Yeah. Three of them, yeah. You know? Yeah. And you know what? I like the number three for, I like the number three for manifestations too. Cause I feel like it, I feel like that's the number of generating more for some reason. You know what I mean? Like think of like the three of pentacles or the three of cups or, well, I just I like the number three. So, yeah, I'm cool with it being the number three. To be honest, like, yeah. um, so three is over the, my lucky number. Well, that's awesome. That's amazing. I saw seven 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 and three three three. Um, really oddly, like the other day, and and you saw an eleven. Yes, at eleven a lot too. But I feel like it doesn't three isn't three supposed to be representative of like creativity as well. Yeah, it, it yeah. it's to me it's a very like um but it's like the three of us this is a creative project it's like it just everything yeah. just lines right up. It, it has the hard. energy of fertility in it too because the two are giving birth to the one, you know yeah. what I mean? So mm-hmm. it it kind of has the energy of sex and mm-hmm. I don't mean sex in like the pornographic no, sense but exactly. yeah. I mean sex as a masculine <laughs> energy, feminine, you know, yeah. penetrating <laughs> a feminine energy and creating yeah, like a whole separate entity, you know? so this was one of uh, one of i think collectively our most beautiful creations and i again i just really want to thank you guys for doing this with me and and for inviting me to to even do something similar with you guys you know um so i think we're gonna close out soon but i just really want to send a lot of love to everybody who's going to listen i want to send a lot of gratitude um a lot like a really big heartfelt thank you to anyone who takes the time to listen to us ramble you know we're two and a half hours in you know what I mean um and and I could go on for hours even more but I, I I think this is a really like natural stopping point and um just just do your shadow work because you're 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 you owe it to yourself you owe it to those you love um, and you owe it to the the version of yourself that has yet to be expressed yet. And um, you're only going to be able to receive that self once you've integrated the parts of yourself that one, you don't see, or two, you don't want to see. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes they're 
Mm-hmm. They're the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so we will be airing our next episode on the new moon on May 11th. So stay tuned for that. The topic has yet to be determined. I think we're going to be discussing uh, about sexual predators, a little bit of generational trauma. um, And then I figured maybe we'd touch upon something a little bit lighter to maybe end the segment. We'll figure that out um, as as we record. Uh, But again, thank you guys so much. And you know, we will do this again very soon. Um, and we can't wait to get that next episode out because that's really yeah. juicy stuff. It's really it's juicy stuff. It's going to be a really juicy one. Be prepared. It'll be good. Yeah, definitely have a seat. Mm-hmm. Grab your wine. It's a good story. It's a good story. Make sure that you have the time. Make sure that you have the time. So, uh, again, thank you guys so much for all this. This has been absolutely beautiful. And I'll see you again, you know, in the next few days. Thank you. You're welcome. Good night. (laughs) Good night.